Good evening, morning, afternoon, whatever applies to you, and welcome to, well, the latest and greatest best players in the world show. Uh, I am joined, as always, by Mr. Kira, and of course, friend of the show, Kuru Yatagami from K Project. Do you know that one, my Mary? I do. Yeah. You know, okay. funnily enough, I, I remember watching that as it aired, and I have the soundtrack on CD somewhere. That is very strange that you bring out, like, one of the, it's fairly niche, I guess, as far as things go. Well, not like totally niche, but yes, I'm I am familiar with that show. Yeah, that wasn't some like you know deep dive into my archive of uh, weebery. That was just a very quick uh, characters with long hair in anime Google search, yeah. and then well, you know. I did say last time I was on one of these shows that I'd I'd bring I'd bring one for, for you. Oh, here we go. So return fire. So, um, well, rather than Rich, uh, Kento Nanami from Jujutsu Kaisen. You know, you are very much the salaryman here. Just you're coming in, you're making your shows, you're on the clock every time. I, I appreciate that about you. What's he called? Kanto? Ken Kento Nanami. Kento Nanami. Well, if you talk about Nanami, I'll consult a scalpel <laughs> of what to do with that. He, we he, wears, he wears sunglasses inside. I'm not <laughs> sure about that. But outside of that, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. Yeah. Right, uh, before we get into anything esports related, uh, we do, of course, have to address the would you rather. Now, weirdly, because usually when I put out shows, by the way, I'll usually record like the day before and then put it out the next day just to give time in case anything goes wrong. For some reason, this time, I decided to do it two days before it was going to come out. And then my internet went out the next day. So actually, I had divine intervention. God watches this show is basically what i'm trying to say guys like he was so <laughs> determined that this come out on time that he gave me an extra day and uh yeah so my question for you though along similar lines is would you guys rather and i'll start with you nightmare would you rather in fact you can probably relate to this because you literally are a berlin resident so this is like a a daily thought process anyway i'd imagine would you rather have insanely good internet let's say I don't know, five gig line, instantaneous downloads. You, you're pinging at four to Summoner's Rift or whatever game you play, but it cuts out randomly once a week Ooh. for 30 minutes. Once a week for 30 minutes. and can strike at any moment. Once a week for 30 minutes. Could be in the middle of the night. Could be, you know, while you're backdooring. Who knows? Or would you rather have average internet? Let's just say, I don't know, 50 meg. Uh, and you know, you ping at 35 to everything, but it never, ever, ever, ever cuts out what you're taking. That's better than my internet now. <laughs> I, I, I can, I know, I can relate. I, so, um, I had to view this purely from a work standpoint because I do a lot of remote casting, I do streaming, I do, I, I, I upload stuff to my, to my YouTube occasionally, very occasionally nowadays. Um, I'd have to go with the average stuff. I can't like afford to just like be cutting out in the middle of a cast. That that shit kills a kills a show. Um, some of it is very funny. In fact, I actually had that happen, not through internet, but through a f like a five street power outage in my block, um, which put me offline sometime towards the end of the summer, and I left Munch to solo cast. Um, so yeah, that's the that that was really awkward. I would go with the average internet. Yeah, as you said, the best thing about this is both choices are better than your current situation. Exactly. So it's win-win, <laughs> really, isn't it? Uh, Kira, what what do you think? What would you take? The average internet. Like, we were on cop copper cable at one point, so that just tells you how <laughs> archaic, archaic what we had was. Like, 
I actually have a friend that lives in Glasgow that has unbelievable internet. Is he, does yeah, he know something they, you don't know? Is he more in with the Freemasons? Yeah, What's going on? Yeah, but that would help if I lived in Glasgow, wouldn't it? I don't... Oh, yeah, true. Sorry, <laughs> you're, all, you're all lumped in together in my head. You know, um, one Scott, the, two the, Scott. The, the, two, the two major cities of the UK have got like insane levels of like investiture and infrastructure, and the rest of them are just kind of like... <laughs> fuck you so yeah i used to live in like rural nottinghamshire and i was like point one. love it, it. Be, on a good be, day point one to be i'm not one of those people but like you demand that like you should have it like everywhere everywhere the, the fact that i've got like fiber optics that's good out to like where i am and it's consistent yeah for any of you one, uh foreigners yeah. who haven't visited the uk kira basically lives in like one of those scenes from indiana jones where he goes to like a new country or something like a picture like a you know moroccan is there market a different filter over the screen to show that it's a different country yeah well it's more yeah exactly and there's little music playing and snake charmers and, and whatnot just picture that but cloudy that's basically where kira lives uh anyway right so before we get into our uh whatever tier list power ranking again don't really know the difference these days our lists uh i do want to very quickly talk about the play-ins which have obviously been ongoing which are still ongoing actually at a time of recording right here right now live um so i don't want to dwell too much on like super specifics of individual games because there's already been a ton of them i just want to pick your brain starting with you nymera on which playing teams, if any, have you sort of been most impressed with, or what sort of big tidbits in general have you taken away from playing so far? Um, the death of the VCS has been greatly exaggerated. They lost one series to Loud, and then obviously the whole Loud fan base goes into absolute uproar. But a lot of that was just Garm completely shitting the bed. Yeah. Um, that was one side of it uh, and the big tidbit from that and also a couple of the other series that we've had as well in terms of like a meta thing is effectively in planes you cannot afford to have the worst ad carry if you have the worst ad carry or your under ad carry underperforms you are in for an absolute nightmare in that series that gum first lost it was largely slater underperforming um but what we've seen since then between them and also the other vcs team wales is actually their AD carries have been really good at joining skirmishes at the right time. So I've really enjoyed watching a lot of the VCS teams do that. I think the PCS teams as well with the Flying Oysters and PSG, they actually have a bit of a different way of approaching skirmishes to the VCS, which are very snap and gradually engages. They set up the map very well and they flank from multiple sides in a really good way. I really love the way that PSG um, focus on that too. So it's been really fun watching a lot of planes. I think the level of play has actually been pretty good when you count in how well PCS and VCS have both been playing. Um, then, of course, BDS are in the mix, too, um, and they are mercurial. They're both very good and very bad at the same time. I haven't really made up my mind up on them. Uh, currently playing against CFO as we're recording this. I've got that on the side, and I'm just seeing Adam getting solo killed a couple of times. You know, the, the, the usual stuff. Um, I don't know. I've really enjoyed planes, honestly. And I, I, I don't know whether this meta will last into, into groups, because I think we've seen some... Some combos be quite hard to execute, and they've not worked out well. So, for instance, Ari Lee Sin... It's like zero and five together right now, and I have a whole load of thoughts about that because I think it is a good combo, but I think it's being played badly. I'd imagine that'll turn up in groups and actually be good. But there's a couple of picks like that around the meta in plans, which I'm like, I'm not entirely sure we're getting a good read on the meta because of the level of the teams. And are there any of these teams that you look at and think, actually, you know, they could maybe do something in the Swiss? Uh, PSG. PSG talent, absolutely. Um, I think that you look at the... The way that they approach flanks is incredibly good because you have 
both mid and top lane, picking very heavy engage picks, which I know we've seen a lot of Nico and Annie this year from mid lane in general, um, but it does feel like Maple has a lot of engage picks in mid lane. Um, Aja in the top lane playing a lot of cannon right now, which was, of course, big in spring, less so in summer. He's doing a great work on that. And it means that, like, you have, like, four engage champs and then, like, a Zaya just to kind of, like, remove the disengage AD carry from the enemy team. And they're so good at finding these pinpoint engages. So I think that you put that into Swiss, they could actually upset some pretty big teams if they keep on this level of uh, this this level of form. Particularly because Junja in the jungle, obviously, ex-EDG sub, um, for, who's now playing for PSG. So technically, he has, like, a sub-world championship. I don't think he played a game at that world. I, yeah, I can't remember. Go he didn't get a world. We're going to go ahead He didn't get a world skin. But, like, he's still... Of that kind of caliber, you know, he's 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 very very good. Um, so, Hashtag yeah, Haru I, World Champion is where the bin that goes straight. He has into. an Ezreal, he has an Ezreal skin for Ezreal Jungle, you know. <laughs> Outrageous. <laughs> that should, that should uh, but yeah, I think illegal. I think PS, PSG are really fun, and then like whichever VCS team makes it, we now have Gum um, Wales playing off against each other. Whoever ends up um, winning between them will be be fun, not necessarily impactful, but they'll be fun at least. What, what about you, Kira? What was your sort of biggest takeaways from playing so far? Anything interesting? Any meta things you weren't expecting? I'm actually kind of surprised how static the meta's actually been. Um, I think this always happens. Playing tends to have like its own meta that everyone yep. thinks is going to continue. For example, there was like a Mumu MF. Silas like Jungle back in the day. Yeah, there's like all these Wombo combos. and Teams are like desperate to try and snipe teams that are regularly better than them. Uh, I think it's interesting that Crowney may be one of the worst ADCs in a, out of all the eight teams here. That he's actually in the bottom half of ADCs. Yeah. Think about how crazy that is as a prospect. Do you guys, by the way, very quickly, do you guys both think that BDS would sort of be cruising through this play-ins much more if they weren't having such bad ADC issues? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because be. Crowney, even when he's fed, will have at least one significant oopsie per game. And he can potentially die around an objective, die in a big team fight when he has summoners up or he's just out of position. Yeah. Or he's misused an ability, particularly on something like the Ezreal, which he has some awful games on. And like, that doesn't fly in the current meta. You make a big enough mistake, you can lose at pretty much any kind of gold lead, which is really quite concerning. Yeah. So, like, players to highlight, because I think loads of the teams like Macro just, like, fucking sucks. It's awful, some of, some of the stuff. Uh, for example, the first, like, opening games of... Who, I can't remember who it was. I How bad been... were Golden Guardians, by yeah, the way? Go... Fuck it, you know. Go... Oh, by the way, me and Kira were both called disrespectful in, the, in our world tiers list when I think we both predicted five games. Maybe, I, pre I think I predicted I mean, five games. I predicted five games uh, as well, yeah, but... but I mean, yeah. I thought it'd be three one GGs. I I I thought it'd be Golden Guardians winning that three one. But like yeah, the mid jungle just they were the fa they were the favorite. I didn't quite yep. you know fully believe. But again, that a lot of that was predicated on the fact that as not great as his form had been, I thought that Crowny is a much better ADC than Stixe. And I mean Stixe is bad. Don't get me wrong. But like yeah, that did not play out exactly how. Uh, Gory Gory's floor of his game just yeah. felt absolute out of his arse. Like. You know, he couldn't hunt down to, like some uh couldn't hunt down the skill vampires and get his like stuff back. You know, they um, they got on you go with nightmare. And and then but like also like in comparison to the mid jungle of BDS, at least in that series, um oh, they, something they that we've seen that them. Yeah, they absolutely destroy them. Like, I think Nuke and Shio have done a really good job. When when Nuke has an early winning matchup where he can chunk out and then kind of, like, hold the wave on his side of the lane, he forces the laner to come into him and the Shio gangs. It's pretty simple, yeah. kind of, like, 
stuff yeah, it's like what that. Mad Lions used to do with Humanoid. Yeah, exactly. Humanoid had a lawyer on Mad Lions. Yeah, but they've done that so consistently, and like it felt felt like uh, like I don't know what happened with Gory, but like he just hadn't read that kind of playstyle at all, and just just gets black. And they could it. they had no solutions to any of the things. Like I, I was talking about BDS having all these uh, silver bullets, and uh, like Golden Guardians would run out of solutions. It turns out just add them. They did each other single. Like that, they couldn't even pass the Adam. That, that's the thing. Fundamentally, if you actually can't like pass the Adam test, yeah. like your chances of beating yes. BDS at any given time, like are very very slim. Now with Crowny playing the way he's playing, like it, it, they're better than they usually are because he's not playing very well. And again, to reiterate, they had a month to prepare for Adam. Basically, like yeah, and watched. I had the I was sympathetic. Okay, so in one respect, I was sympathetic to the coaching staff. It's very hard to prep for Adam's plays, like the Rome's mid. Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes it's hard to prep for the packs for his movement, steal. not for his picks. I would argue. Well, I'd, for I'd, example, like going and stealing like the chickens and going and stealing like red buff or like his warden patterns or catching you in certain places. Right? The, I think those are kind of hard to like prep for. What, yeah. What's not hard to prep for is like giving them like really good winning matchups. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, snowball top exactly. matchups. Like the, I mean, which is why, like, I mean, so this is why it was very interesting how Team Wales adapted in exactly one game and then beat them in the next two, which was the first game, they had the Darius into the Renekton and they got absolutely smashed by Adam. The next game, so they gave over Renekton, which, yes, you will lose early on it sometimes, but they just picked a Cassante in it and think, okay, well, fine, whatever. You're not winning the game through that match. Even if you get, like, three kills, you're not winning the game through that. Um, and that that's why, like, when you were asking earlier about who can make a dent in Swiss, I don't think BDS would make a dent in Swiss realistically, given how easily we have now shown that stylistically can, you can de the, um, kind of defang that team. Their drafting is terrible, though. Adam's by far their best uh, player right now. Yeah. And they haven't been counterpicking for him as much. And he, uh, he has been playing, like, really well front-running with gold leads, like, as well as you could ask anyone, basically. Like... I'm going to say something that's outrageous here. If this was, if you removed his name bar, right, like in the Darius games, I and you like put say. like a and you put like a Korean or an LPL top laner, and he was like front running these leads, everyone would be singing high heavens. Obviously, Adam isn't as good as these playing players, but on these like specific packs, you know, I mean, he yeah, like really does. Yeah, he like really does like push his leads. Like for example, the Garen assassination. Yeah, it's partly the what's his name, uh, Stixie's mistake. Uh, when it's in the four v one in bot lane and he oh, still kills yeah. Stixie, like those types of and Andy's behind, like those types of plays are they're really good to see. Um, and because he understands like the damage limitations. The other players, like I would just like to highlight. Like, first of all, like I thought about Gam being the best playing team. And sorry, like oh, that's not BDS. Um, I still think that was arguably true. Obviously, they'll then lost to loud and everyone would turn into like screaming hysterical people. Um. But I think really, if you watch that game, they like choke it super hard. Yes. Like uh, the mid lane Slater player has an awful, awful. Again, Catty misses all your skill shots on a CC like non-moving target as Ari and the Robo, My the favorite. top. Yeah, Robo, the top laner of Loud, was super fun to watch. A lot of praise for him. Uh, Glory, been playing pretty well from uh, Team Wales. I'd seen Glory before from watching Gam, but like now I'm like watching more of like what he's doing for, in terms of carrying his team. Uh, and that's it. I think PSG I, look like the, on you. Yeah, I think PSG look best as a team. I think that they have some great players. To, I think particularly 
that just entire I, I don't know actually just the entirety of that team i think you can pick out any names or out of and they look really fun i really want to highlight artemis ad carry from team wales i think he is mm -hmm. an incredible kaisersire player um but typically the team the teams which have won the vcs have actually not had the best ad carry for a while but artemis was the guy that went to asian games with team vietnam instead of um garm's ad carry uh, yep. So it's basically like a load of gum, and then there's like the, the bot lane of um, of uh, Team Wales instead. So I think Artemis is great to watch. I think you already mentioned Glory from their mid lane as well in Team Wales. And then Kiaya, top lane for gum. This guy had an absolute monster series this morning and the other series which they've won. Um, so whichever VCS team makes it through to plans, there will be one or two players on each team which will really have some moments to strut their stuff. Um, I don't think they're going to cut it as a full team. Because um, again, as we said, planes tend to be very different from groups in terms of meta. And obviously with Swiss this time, basically the same thing. The Swiss teams will all be scrimming each other. They'll occasionally scrim the playing teams if they're looking good. But a lot of the playing teams will not be scrimming the main teams, yeah. uh, the, the main stage teams until a little bit later on. Um, so yeah, I think those players look really good. And um, we will Same see BDF if BDS wins here. this series that's playing right now. And yeah. then if they can beat PSG as well, we'll, we'll see okay. what happens there. I'm but whatever VCS team makes it, there will be a couple of very interesting players to watch. Yeah, I think uh, one tiny thing I'd mention, I wouldn't go too overboard with it, but I do think that Nuke is getting like unduly shit on for some reason. And I think it's like because BDS is not performing like overall super well or whatever, every time he doesn't have like a really good game, people are just like, oh my God, Nuke's so shit. He's the biggest problem. I think he's had like very mixed tournament, but I think he's had like some pretty good games but he's also had some like less good games but he is not like the problem on this team right now at all in my opinion so i think uh just a small shout out to nuke i don't want to imply he's having like a fucking breakout yeah, and too, actually he's doing well on his majors yeah but he's, like, he's, he's the meta fits him he's, he's completely right he's got like completely fine and i don't think he should be dragged down also time to inject my own personal tiny little bias i think all these people will be like oh my god bds is laning fake fuck that's like 80 percent crowdy by the way i'm not saying like labrov's like playing them perfectly but crowdy is sprinting those lanes actually watch what's happening in the trades and who's yep. doing what that is not a bot lane problem that is an ad carry problem and yes we've all just uh, seen that akira uh right so moving on uh from play-ins to what is going to be our top 10 list why top 10, you ask? Why not top 20? Well, the top 20 thing always seemed just really random and arbitrary and people copied it because that's the list that Riot came out with and top 10s are just more fun, aren't they? Because now you're just trying to fucking, you know, move people around, who gets in, who doesn't. When it's top 20, it's like, am I going to shove a Westerner in there? Eh, maybe. It's like, come on, guys. So it is a top 10 list. Uh, and what we're going to do, obviously going to start from 10, and uh, make our way through. So I will start with my number 10 pick. I'll then go to Kieran and Nymera. And yeah, we will go from there. So, uh, spoiler alert. Yeah, there are no Westerners in my top 10 list. In fact, are there any players outside of LPL and LCK? Not for me. Uh, I don't think so. I actually don't think so. Right. So my 10th pick may be my most controversial not in terms of placement, but in terms of being on the list at all. And in 10th place, I have Delight from Genji. He's oh. in my honorable mentions. I was wondering if I was going to put in 10. That's so, a great pick. I love that. It's not like an amazing year to have like an obvious support, let's say. Like last year, if you didn't have Kyrier and you're a top 10, you're probably trolling. Like It's not like that. But I just feel that... The main reason, and it's a valid reason why people might not have him on the top 10. One, because there's so many other fucking great players. But also, he's not 
blooded at this level, I think it's fair to say. Like, he doesn't have international, the international experience, etc., etc. But for me, he is the best support in the world. And more importantly, this is top 10 players at Worlds, almost sort of projecting as well who might be a top 10 player at Worlds. This is his meta. He is so good on the engaged supports. He's so good on the melees, the Rakans, etc. And I just think he is perfect for this meta and he will be the best performing support at this uh, world championship. So I do think he is worthy of his place in terms of me also not just saying how good a player they are, but projecting how likely a good individual performance they'll have at this world. So that doesn't necessarily mean Genji have to make finals to justify that or whatever, but I just think individually he will show up on all of these meta picks. He is my 10th place player. Uh, what say you, Mr. Kira, for your 10th place player? I'm guessing you don't have delight. No. Like, I think, for, I think, put it this way, take an average team, stick the best support player in the world on it, right? This is the problem with support in League of Legends. If you take average teams and you stick support players on them, right? What, like, supports are what redefine and, like, cause the specialisations in the elite teams. Who, what your support facilitates in terms of actions is what tends to like contrast your you as an elite team compared to any other elite team. Think about uh, EDG, um, like they had like Mako. Are the RNG teams of old all had like Meng on them? You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's lots of like these signposted players, okay? But but are they actually the best players? Because they are playing support guys. Like they are they actively. If I go through all the stuff that they are not responsible for, it is like un, it's unbelievable. They're responsible for a lot of things, but they're they're the most. People always talk about ADC having to be like facilitated by like team, right? Support's like one of the most facilitated. Uh, facilitated facilitated roles in the game. Like for example, try and have a, a support on a team, right? That loves a. Ganking mid lane on a mid laner is always losing. Like they don't, they don't do anything. This has happened a million times with players in the LPL and LDL. I've seen it a million times. It just when your mid laners like Chove and he has like really good lane prio. It's like when can I go mid lane? Oh, anytime. <laughs> it's Chove <laughs> time, baby. Like, is it ever wrong to go mid? Like. Obviously, there is bad timings, but I'm just saying, like, that that is the ironic stuff. Obviously, what you're saying is true, at least to a certain extent. But I still believe that you can be judged versus your peers and relative to, you know, the strength of other people who okay, play your position. So it's have, still possible, you know. I have Deft as my 10th, okay? And then we can go, we can talk about why we have people at 10th. So I, I, I've got Deft at my 10th. Reason is, is Deft every single year is just undermined. He, he actually set like a bunch of LCK records this year. Um, Plays like Lucian Nami. He's probably the best part of that team, which I don't think was ever the bargain when he joined. Especially when he had that mid-jungle. Yeah. Deft, Deft and Viper have both got like... Uh, uh, takes to being the best uh, ADC player in the world if Ruler didn't exist. If Ruler didn't exist, Death and Viper's years this year would ever, they would be things getting sunk to high praises. I know Elk because he has lots of like top finishes. Would maybe we be getting more, and we could talk about we talk about that more, uh, more in a little bit. But uh, I think Death is just he is he the fact like he's. I don't, 
I've been saying the exact same things I said about last year about them. He's very, very, very good in late game situation. He's very good summoner economy. Pretty strong laning, but like not the best. He can sometimes like make mistakes, but he's held back by his support. His team borderline has some of the worst macro in the game, and it's literally just him like just scaling up and then w walking to like team fight situations and attempting to like outplay a like a variety of them. And more often than not, he does. And against the better teams, more often than not, he doesn't. But not to know any fault of his own. Like the actual good players, like Canyon and Showmaker, do let him down quite a fair bit. Um, he, I think, Deft is. Very, 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 very good. And I don't think anyone would disagree with that. I, I, he probably wouldn't make my top fifteen or even maybe top twenty to wouldn't be honest. Me either. There but... are a lot. Of, I actually think this. I was kind of funny in the intro spiel you were kind of doing to, to the top ten because I actually think this year of all years it would be quite difficult to do a top twenty because I think that mm. we have a lot of very good individual good players at this world. But so yeah, that wouldn't make my top ten definitely. If any so, who does make your tenth place, Nightmare? So, gonna say i do have one support on my list and they're not 10th because my 10th is gala i think gala has had an insane year in a lot of ways after he's moved from rng where he was like 1v9ing in spring in summer this guy has absolutely popped off um i think that gala has had um a really good year in multiple ways particularly for lng because he has added a, a degree of late game insurance to lng which they didn't necessarily have with lp i think that lng in spring um when they had LP, they were slightly more clinical in the early game by using stuff like the Lucian Nami and then using that to invade with the strong mid jungle as well. I think a lot of the early macro might have been more aggressive and more effective in spring. But now you look at what Gala brings to the team um, in summer for LNG and why I think that actually LNG could be a real contender for this world is Gala has a lot of very stylistically different picks, which a lot of other players aren't playing right now. He's one of the few Ziggs players in the LPL and he's one of oh, the best, very best of them. Hmm. Along with Deft, who is very <laughs> interesting. I think Gala is a better Ziggs than him right now. Of course, Gala is incredible on stuff like the Kaiser and the Zaya, which are incredibly meta as well. Um, he's threatened JDG in laning phase and in late game team fights. No, he is not as good as Ruler in the late game team fights, but he is he is still at a good enough level where late game is not an assured defeat for LNG even against a team like JDG. We had two five game best of fives um, between LNG and JDG in in summer playoffs. Um, and I think that Gala is one of the big reasons why this team can hack it at any stage in the game. Dominant early game lanes uh, down a bot lane if they need to. Great late game combos as well. I think Gala is very important to his team. And that's why he's my number 10. And he's got the worst support of the elite ADCs. Mm -hmm. um, his support the players. quietest support. The quietest no, support. Hang's a disgrace player. Yeah. Like, he's awful. Oh, he's, I don't think he's that bad. So, he's a role yeah. player. So <laughs> I actually have uh, both of those guys. Or not both of oh, those yeah? guys. I have uh, Gala and my number nine, Tarzan, on the list. Because in large part to what Kira just said. Which is Jungle and AD are obviously both have very strong symbiotic relationships with their support. And to me, I agree with Kira. I think Hang is, or Hung, as I think you say, it, I don't know. I think yeah. that guy is bad. Like in in the pantheon of elite players, not you know. Oh yeah, he's not you, like bad, bad. He's just like yeah. If you if you airdrop support, him yeah. in fucking LCS, he'll get MVP, right? But like he is, yeah. I don't think he's a. Sort of. <laughs> I don't think he's a a great player. So yeah, my number nine is Tarzan because I think that Tarzan's job is made at the absolute elite top of LPL level, more difficult by his relationship with his support. I think Tarzan, he's obviously made claimant in the past to being the absolute best jungler in the world at certain points in time. I 
spoiler, I don't think he's quite that, but I think he's still definitely up there. He's super clutch. I think this guy is very rare. Yeah. So really? Th this is okay. This is one area where I would actually say because I I hate for people who know me, I hate uh overuse of stats or in fact just use of most stats in the in the context of League of Legends because it's something which has basically infinite variables when you come to players picks etc matchups but kira go and look i think what was i using for this moby fire or something i can't remember go and look at his stats for um what are deemed to be objective contests and fights around objectives and his role in those fights his his he is statistically yeah, outrageous when it comes to securing objectives versus like any other elite player yeah. in the world yeah, Tarzan's, I'm not denying that, Tarzan's a statistical, like, monster. Like, if you go, like, do look at team fights and, like, Tarzan's amazing at maxing out, like, ability usage and stuff like that. I was just saying, when you said he was clutch, I was like, that's not something I would assign to Tarzan. Oh, no, I think, I think he is clutch because I think when, also, when you go on the breakdowns of, like, um, for example, late game objectives, so around Barons, where typically okay, games are, like, won and game. lost. No, I get that. It's, like... I think he is very, very well. Statistically, he's almost flawless yeah. when uh, when he has a, so, a lead. He very rarely way, throws. The way I would phrase it for Tarzan is like, I think he's clutch in late game. I do actually agree with that. I think he's just bad in high pressure scenarios for most of the last few years. The real difference has been in the la literally this playoffs. So reminder that Tarzan went to you know he, he he went to the finals with Griffin in what 2019. Yeah. He's been in LNG since that point and has never made he's made it top four once and then never made that again. This is the first time in like four years that he's been in a finals. Um, and I think a lot of that has been actually LNG promised greatness and a lot of that is through Tarzan doing incredible things in regular season and then just bottling it in playoffs. It kind of it's... happened in spring. Tarzan was one of the biggest reasons why they fell out of spring playoffs when they got absolutely demolished by um by OMG when they were on their rampant form in, in spring and then into the early parts of summer. Um Tarzan actually didn't make my list because of that reason, because I'm just really? I can't I can't quite wow. trust him enough. Because I, wow. I, I I think at peak Tarzan is an incredible player. I actually think Tarzan and Scout are the best mid-jungle in the world right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Tarzan on an yeah. individual level just gives me horrors, nightmares of what could happen on like a really high pressure stage because this guy has shown a history of that over like the last four mm, years. Now. I feel... No, 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 no. Okay, okay, one second. Are we... See, for our list, right? Are we basing that off of how, how they played this year? Because that's all I'm basing it off. Yeah, I'm sure. basing it off of 2013 spring, MSI, if you played it, but but like these all matter less than summer. Oh, I'd say this. I'd say this. It's your you bottled it in spring playoffs. It's your own. It's your ultimately. It's your own criteria. But I think logically, the two main metrics would be what form are they coming into worlds with, and what do you project? Like, do you project them to have decent performances at worlds based off of that? But it's your own. It's not. It's not binary because people try and say that like. Uh, Tarzan's like a, a, a tilter, like he like tilts really really badly. Well, I actually don't think it's the case, but I also don't think he just get to be like clutch for like no reason. I actually think he's just like. No, okay, so here's here's what happened, right? So the narrative obviously is that Tarzan is a, a bit of a choker or whatever. So I sort of I don't want to say deep dive. That gives me maybe too much credit on on this analysis, but I looked into this narrative and I don't believe that it's true, or at least I believe it's grossly overstated. And actually, again, statistical metrics in league are such a 
sort of poisoned uh, chalice uh, on the, on their own. But I think that actually you will see the opposite when it comes to a lot of these things. I'll give you the OMG series. I think that is one where you can just look at his individual performance throughout the series and be like, no, that wasn't it. But I think generally his individual performance is heavily tied to team disappointment, which isn't all, always or even usually on him. I think what ha tends to happen, and this is the thing, by the way, and this is where... And for some reason, we don't do this in basketball, or people like Skip Bayless do, but generally we don't do this in stuff like basketball where you have like a seven game series or something where if someone plays really well across like, let's just say three of the five games and they're the reason that team's even in the game, that if they have like one choice moment where it's like a, you know, a high leverage moment and they don't come out on top or something, then they might get still get tarnished with that brush, even though they had a really good series. I feel like Tarzan has had loads of super high level series where LNG haven't come out on top and then he is just tarnished with this brush that he didn't like pull through in the clutch. And I think it's the opposite. I think if you show up in the majority of games in a series, in a high pressure series, you are clutch. The fact that you might at some point in game five or whatever, maybe that's the highest leverage moment of the ball. I'm not gonna read like overly read into that. I think it, it has to be factored in, but for me, as I said, I think statistically, especially around late game objectives, he's actually very reliable. And most games are decided ultimately, whether they have a gold lead or not, by fights and control around late game objectives. And he is the best, literally the best in the world statistically at that. So I think maybe I, maybe I, maybe I went with a bit of a, you know, spicy take of no, he's not Chokey's clutch. Maybe that was an overstatement, but I do I... think it is a narrative that is over overblown. It really depends where you take the snapshot because, again, like I obviously very heavily remember spring playoffs, but then also even in summer playoffs, there was the Weibo series, which went to five games, and it literally went down to like one last wave defense could have changed who went forward between Weibo and LNG. Um, this like, is what round, I mean, though. Round, but did did he did but, he have a good series? Some, I actually no. In that series, he didn't. Um, in round three, he no, didn't. That's he the thing. The best that of five was, against that was Weibo. Game two, yeah. the game two, was shit. it was really bad because you, you know you look Maybe at the first I'm, couple yeah, of games like he had a nocturne game where he was just like continually finding the wrong engages even when they were winning he was largely a lot of him like dying in pretty bad spots too it felt like he would be out of position and the rest of the team would then try and like bail it out and just about manage to win the fight and because it's Weibo sometimes you can just do that as well I think the JDG series are a lot more of a credit to him than on the other side which is why like this is why I really agonized over where to put Tarzan on this list, whether to include him. And I, I had to go at the end of it, like, actually, I think there are more consistent high-level players that I would put in my top 10, even though I do think he is part of the best mid-jungle in the world right now. On an individual level, I can't quite justify putting him in my top 10. Uh, okay. Well, I've got Tarzan on my list, right? And I might as well just, can I just, like, spoil where yeah, I've got yeah, him on yeah. the list? It's just so we can just talk about Tarzan in one go. Right. So I've got Tarzan... Uh, I've got him at 8th, right? So the reason I've got him at 8th, and I think Tarzan's flawed, but I'm actually okay with people being flawed because there's very few players who are just generally generally like, well-rounded in all areas of League of Legends. It tends to be that you are good at a variety of areas, then you have a problem, and then the team creates either solutions to your problem through like drafts, other people's play patterns, yada yada. The, the thing I'd like to highlight is how often wins of the LNG just come from mid 2v2. For example, that mid 2v2 beats everyone, most of the good LPL teams in the, in the league, they beat 
except if you're called JDG. The only player that they have not broken with the mid 2v2 is Knight. And that's what, like, that's it. Every like, other game it can happen. Even in finals, but that, there a couple of games where they slot. There was the Annie game. Yeah, they do. Had finals, no, no. Which was really bad for the Knight. Yeah, yeah, what I'm saying is individual games, what I'm saying across the average of the series, like, all right, yeah, like, I got that. yeah, like Nico, but he's still p playing up and pressuring um, Scout in game five of like in the final game. And the, I mean, it's like he's not gonna hurt her as well, not Tarzan's there or not, to be honest. I'm borderline, and but they get it off and it works so often. And the only person, let's be a better way to pay it, the only person they've not gotten it over the line against is JDG and Knight. And I would never say like Knight Canavi is actually that great at two v two. They're at more of a separated parts than integrated yeah. ones. Uh they're for how strong players they are, it's actually a weakness of a uh, GDG. Uh, uh, but I wouldn't. I, I, I would agree, I agree with the first. I'd agree with the first yeah. bit, but not the second bit. I think that it's also a boon that Canavi and Knight are both their own win conditions. No, no, I don't mean it in that sense. I think that, like, GDG do not, like, play for, like, mid 2v2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, sure, can't, sure, you, sure. Can't, you, can't, you can't say, like, as I'd be, like, saying, like, oh, my team fight team are also good at pick comp, but they never pick it. I'm like, oh, well, I'm yeah. just thinking yeah, that. Yeah. So, that's he, true. So, so th that's the way I would like to phrase that. I think Tarzan does have problems. I would agree with, like, a lot of Nymeras. I think he he's one of the worst players in the world for uh, doing like the cards thing uh who else does it hellasang they overplay winning situations where you have a gold lead you're in a, uh, a, yeah. a neutral situation you start making the play you start an objective and rather than backing off the objective regaining your resources getting yourself back into a better situation <coughs> again he will just be brute forcing it like no we are doing it now it's happening now i'm going to pop key cooldowns and key ultimates when people aren't in position and we are going right now that's like one of tarzan's big weaknesses but the strengths are like very very insane so yeah and that was also a point i i forgot to make but i was going to make which is i actually agree with that as well that a, a weakness of his is overplaying winning situations but again to me typically that's not a sign of someone who chokes that's a sign I'm of not, someone who yeah no i just again yeah. just to go back to this narrative thing i think it's if anything more overconfidence and it's like you're wanting to be assertive and stomp on the enemy's head like while you're ahead and yeah sure they, they can both manifest in bad decisions just but... gets lost in the source yeah exactly it's, it's more yeah it's just it just is what it is it's just overplaying yeah. winning situations but again like looking at their series this is like the best way i would summarize it for me and or summarize it rather for me and why i have him there is in playoffs in summer you have the weibo series you have the jdg series you have the top esports series blg uh, JDG again, of course, which goes five, and then obviously the regional final. Oh, yeah, they had like seven best of fives yes. in like two weeks against how EDG. And how many of those series did he show up pretty big in, and, and how many did he not? And I think that he yeah, was really good for the vast majority got, of that run. He's got he's got depth of pick. His POVs are insane. He's one of, probably what the second or the most proficient mechanical jungler in the world. <laughs> uh, the fact that Lee Sin is like meta. Like or possibly meta is like a massive boon to players like Tarzan, who they what they can do in team fights on these like types of picks is like borderline heroic. Uh so I, I feel like we've talked about Tarzan. I'll actually go back to my ninth pick. Yeah. My ninth pick is Keen. So Keen is an, an actual player very similar to Tarzan, where 
they are good in so many like different areas of the game and it's how much the their play results in their like team winning the best versions of kt which is a pretty good team it's like a top korean contender team that has problems beating uh t1 and i'll come to those problems in a minute as keen as probably has the best one of the best depths of like what he can like carry on um of like the carry top laners he's uh both simultaneously very good at like front uh, front running with jungle and also just like playing out like 2v1 uh like situations where jungler doesn't prioritize his lane as much he uh, also if you look at his how much his personal advantage he like brings to his personal advantage he like brings to like team fighting i actually wish uh KT would prioritize like objectives less and like let Keen Keen do um, his thing, yeah. Yeah, Keen do his thing Keen do his thing more, but that is not the case. I actually think in like the, a lot of the, the key games that they have lost, if you actually look at it, like Keen is in like winning positions or going to get himself in winning positions and KT then go to an objective and die as four people. He I think he's just one of he's again returned to being one of the best top laners in the world. But the, a lot of the part of what makes him on this list is just how important he is to his team, because there is maybe three players outside himself you could put on that team and it would still work, and some of them are Chinese, so you can't really say say that fact. Uh, I think he's had like a really really good year outside the fact that he's been sniped by T1 twice, but many T1's given many a great teams. Everyone just memory holds the fact that GDG went to five games against T1. By the way, I don't know why they yep. don't, don't know why they memory hold that fact. They, they, that team had the oh, best series against I GDG. I have a real bugbear about that series as well, actually, because I, I was in the stadium for that. Great, I got the hoodie there. It was great. Um, even in that game five, one. Okay, I, I get that Fake has not had a great year, but there was like a load of shit given to him for that Nautilus mid game in game five, where he hooked in around Baron and like. A lot of people don't even realize how close that series got because he was trying to hook people onto the effect, like the full item Aphelios turret to hope that the Aphelios turret could like AOE the entire team. And it very nearly works around that, Baron. Like that whole series, you could spend like a whole week just going into the micro of each little bit yeah. of that. It was super, super close. Yeah, it, it, it really was. And, you know, if GDG get lose that series, you know what I mean? We think about GDG in a lot different ways. They, they get stress tested and like in different ways, but it didn't happen. So. I'll digress. Uh, that's my ninth pick. So, what's yours, Nightmare? Or if anyone wants to input on Keen? No, I'm, I'm. Something else in your list is now making more sense to me because of your opinion on Keen. That's that's all I'll say. But we'll we'll get to we'll get to that. Yeah, Nightmare. Who is your next pick? So this is my one support pick. I went for missing um, JDG support because the way that JDG play the game in a lot of ways, you can't boil it down to like really simplistic stuff. But one of their biggest factors is how opportunistic they are. When you make a mistake, whether that's a jungler showing in the wrong part of the map, even in early game, or mispositioning in a big team fight, misusing a cooldown importantly too, JDG are the best team in the world at punishing you while those cooldowns are down. I think that missing with a lot of his engaged supports are a huge part of that. You know, you think about his Rakan. If you ever give Zyra Rakan over to the team, game is pretty much over. Missing is so good at that. Missing on stuff like the Rel as well makes it a very valuable flex pick for the side of JDG. 
Um, that's in terms of like their overall play style. But, you know, it starts right at the laning phase too, where JDG have had one of the most dominant bot lane laning phases. Well, of course, a lot of that comes from Ruler. Don't get me wrong. He's going to feature on all of our lists much higher up than you can imagine. But I think that missing deserves a shout out because I know that we were talking about in regards to, you know, oh, how much can a support really do when they're such a facilitative role, right? With like, they're... Then they can't. They're not necessarily going to be the star player. How much agency do they really have? Because of the way that JDG play, I actually think Missing deserves a real shout out. I also think that he's one of the um, the few supports in the LPL that thrived in both Enchanter and non-Enchanter matters. Of course, we had like the Zero Yumi crazy stuff with the ruler. Again, I get that you're with ruler, and that kind of negates a little bit of the Enchanter point. But when you compare that to some players who look really uncomfortable on the Enchanter meta, so he were also still great supports. I think On is a little bit suspect to this, where even in Enchanter meta, he's like, look, I'm just going to force hard engage, hard engage supports and we'll make it work. That worked for him, that's great. But Missing was like, I can do whatever I need to with this. I think he's a really top-tier support. He's been super Karen. solid this year. Do you think he's the best Rakan in the world? I think, Delight's, I think Delight's the best Rakan in the world. I actually uh, think Delight is the better Rakan, but I think, think that Missing is better for his team's play style. I, th this is why I was like, Honorable mention to Delight for this list, because I was watching through um, a couple of the Gen G series kind of later on into playoffs for, for them as well. I was like, wow, this guy is just really good at kind of getting to the right point on the map. I think he's a very good roaming support and whatever, but I, I think that Missing, on the whole, facilitates his team's play style even somehow even more than delight who i think does incredible work for, for his team as well but i think that missing the way he facilitates his team is actually very impressive to see for me mm. uh right going on to my number eight pick and i won't spend too much time talking about this because it's a player we've already discussed i now have gala um just to add on to to what nymera says i feel like not maybe in the last however long because i think jackie love has uh, as kira talked about before the show has quietly had a very good year but i feel like gala's almost historically at least like the antithesis of jackie love where he's super reliable like just super super reliable and coupled with that has insane decision making i think he's one of the best decision makers again like is he gonna pop off as much as ruler reliably in late game fights where he has the tools like you'd still pick ruler but i don't think he would lose that matchup because of his decision making i think maybe you know we're just reaching echelons where he's just gonna get outskilled slightly right when you're at the absolute tippy tippy top of the mountain but i think gala is for me the second best uh ad carry in the world this year i think he's better than deft i think he's better than viper I think he's super really? reliable. Wow. Um, I think he's more versatile than them, which is a big thing in this current yeah. meta. I know that Viper's done but everything in the past. Historically, historically Viper is the superior I think player. I literally the same player as it was with RNG. I think people... Yeah, but... Uh, we'll go, we'll yeah, maybe, may, may but I think that, um, in the, again, I think he's the antithesis of Jackie Love, where in the past, Jackie Love, again, we're talking about the highest levels here. I don't want to keep having to caveat that, but... At that level, I think Jackie Love has sometimes been the reason why his team didn't quite make it. I think Gala has never been the problem on his team. It's always been a condition for why they would or should make it. And actually, historically, has been let down by teammates, quite frankly, like historically. So I think Gala, for me, um, deserves his, his place on the list. Again, if you want to say that Viper is a better fundamental AD carry, like historically, I wouldn't argue. I'd have Viper higher up on my list, I think. Um, people like Elk and Deft, I actually probably wouldn't. Um, I actually think 
no i i I I wrecked you last year with it i I literally fucking rage i literally said to you last year if you took away the nameplate i showed you viper and death like you would not be able to tell the difference you know like with the viper gameplay and you're like you would i'm like no you you wouldn't bro i'm like death death and and then definitely onto one i got wrecked by zeka but we'll never we'll not get into that (laughs) but again i'm not i won't i won't say it for a third time i think historically and in general viper Again, my criteria here is also largely weighted on going into this tournament. Who am I projecting to be top 10 players? And I believe that Gala will be a top 10 performer at this World Championship. And I believe that Viper will not be. Viper's got that world. Yeah, exactly. Which is is why he's not in the top 10. (laughs) Which is why he can't be on the list. But for for example, if if I could... Outside Hang, who's... I don't even want to talk about that, right? I, I think people really overrate like Gala, where Rage is very good, but it's where we get into like the depth of like play. Now at this world, he's going to world, he's going to get to play a lot of the the ADCs that he's very like proficient on, which is like ideal. Like again, that is factors into my. That's why delight delight would not be on my list if this was an Enchanters only meta that, or something like. Yeah, that, that, that's fine. But for example, if this was engage only meta, actually, by the way, if this was like all Alistair Nautilus Leona, then actually on might make my list as well. But I think that, I think that missing just about pips and supplies because there's still a little bit of support versatility, a little bit. But for example, Gal is going to be like exposed to like a lot more like varied like uh, strategies. Uh, yeah, if you actually go look at how many like many like uh, bot lane, how much bot lane uh, picks and stuff he was actually exposed to it's actually pretty limited he they played against omg and lost they played against weibo gaming and they played against uh i can't remember who else it was they played against omg and they lost and then in the summer they played who was it they played in the summer again nightmare um lj they played against weibo they played against Oh, sorry, um, sorry, they played the full bracket. Sorry, it's not them. I'm getting them mixed up with. Uh, I'm getting Gala mixed up with Elk, sorry, because LG played the full bracket. No, we played against yeah, Jekyll yeah, it's The yeah. ones I took top esports and sorry. JDG yeah, yeah, twice. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm getting them, I'm getting them mixed up. I'm getting them mixed up with BLG. Um, ignore that, guys. I fucking too. I mean, they, they did beat BLG in the lower bracket, of course, which is another thing too. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah, they, they, no, in the losers final, technically three one it would have been. Um, would you call it the? What was I saying? I think like a lot of people just look at like Gala's like up like upside, and then they look at they forget like for example, here we go, and it's really bad to like say this. When he's in left and like one v ones, like ADC one v ones of people like Ruler, okay, and like both teams are away like fighting at the siren call that is Heron Herald right in the LPL. You know what I mean? We're going to decide the game in the first fifteen minutes. And you what look at what each team like walked away with in terms of like value, like I think you'd be like hard pressed to say that like Gala was getting more out of that those like situations where I think he'd be like better like rotating into like mid at like times, and it's so hard to like talk about all these things because you don't know if that is. Um, hmm. I'm not sure I agree with that because particularly with JDG, they almost always leave ruler bot lane to get two plates, and you can't really afford to ever do that. I think it's actually pretty fine. Just but he was getting the two advantage through that. He was getting the I, two plates into Gala in two of the games. Uh I don't think that's always true. I might be wrong, I, I but I can't remember all of that. But like, also another thing too is that when you think about LNG's Herald plays, one of the big things about this is like 
they often have Zucker on a like a Renekton pick, which the biggest spike in Renekton's game is actually just first and second herald because he gets full rage and gets to get like basically double value abilities compared to anyone else on the map. It's insanely powerful. Um, it means that you can 4v4 even. Hell, you can even sometimes 4v5 with a good enough Renekton pick around Harold. And Zucker was on great form in summer um, to allow that. What Gala was doing was picking champions which could capitalize on a one Harold because his top side of the map would win that already. Which means he can take a bit of a dip in the early game because he doesn't need to be the impactful person at the Herald. And then come in with something like, I mean, LNG are the best team in the world at playing like Tristana Ziggs, for instance, where they'll have like the Ziggs and bot lane. If you ever give them that combo, effectively the game's over. If they have like Renekton, Tristana Ziggs in their lanes as carries, you know that they're going to win the Herald fights. They have the, Tr the Tristana and the Renekton. And then the Ziggs gets to demolish a tower and they completely open the game. And that for me is not something which other top teams AD carries are doing right now in terms of having that extra kind of like ability to step back a little bit in the early game to have that mid-game spike on something like a mage. Very few AD carries are doing that, which again, that versatility gives me a lot of faith in Galo at this world. Actually, I can tell you, I've just went and got it because I timestamped it. I'm so sorry, I've gotten it wrong. It's Gala actually goes to lane to 1v1 <clears throat> night with TP. That's what happens. It's in game one of uh, the grand finals. Okay, and Gala, this is a thing, well, a problem I have with Gala, but I can't tell if it's Gala or LNG. But where you go on the map, I put more on you than I do in your team. So, Gala, like the lane assignment. I would like say, Gala by the way, I don't know how LPL teams run. I would actually say that it would be categorically wrong for Europe. When uh, AD carries are resetting on the map, they are almost always told what their assignment is. LNG are incredibly organized about their lane assignments. So then, it's then, one of their then, biggest then, things, actually. So that would not be, a, I would be very surprised if that was a Gala thing. I think that would be an in game leader right, then, thing. Then that's even worse. And well, whoever, well, the person, we don't know who the in game leads for that but whoever it is it's like they're actually anything so there sure, you go yeah. like so like well i don't know how it's so possible how it's happened so regularly because unless gala's calling himself because it they how often he like lane assignments poorly outside like has like zigs it's like very good for this actually um, I think this is a fine, fine thing to speculate. By the way, like mm. he could, he could definitely be responsible for any all or none. Like it, it's, it's a thing. Yeah. Well, I, I, all I'm, I can only, I can well. only speak from like a Western perspective. And AD carry lane assignments from base are definitely ninety percent of the time a, an in-game leader thing rather than a ADC thing. But I take the point. And if he is in charge, I have no idea what how the shot uh, calling responsibilities are divvied out on that team. I have no idea. Maybe he is calling his own plays. Who knows? Put it, put it this way, across the average of like their play, I don't. It's not. I think Gala's like bad. It's just I think like he gets massively overrated in like periods of like time where he gets to play like his like specialized picks. And if you look like at a bunch of people, look at like how good a team LNG is, like as like a team and then you add gala and you how bad lp was as a player it like makes you put a lot oh, of like, he wasn't that he's awful bad. he's fucking you terrible know, man. he was he, he was he was a big part of why they could play the early game the way they wanted to now he wasn't a great mid and late game team fighter which of course in the lpl is a bit of it that that that's the what, kicker i get yeah, that's it from what you're that here for that's what you're here for an adc majority of the time i mean actually lng won a lot of games through his playstyle in spring and actually up until they collapsed in spring playoffs that playstyle was working very well for them so i would push back on that i think that gala has changed I think a guy the way that, that they organized cancels that assault attacks four times in a row i can't handle that yeah, um, it's not so great. But the way he played Lucian <laughs> Nami in spring was actually really, really yeah, good. Yeah, actually, he had good Lucian Nami games. But I digress. If you take LP away and you then put, put Gala in and with Gala's like, strength, it's to say that like LNG 
in the areas that they want to be strong, are there other players that would have like made the team look better than Gala? And I think yeah, there is, but like it's whatever. I I just don't think like if you look at the way majority of the ways that LNG wins the games, it's not that much to do with Gala, and it's way more to do with mid and jungle. But again, and keep in mind, the... obviously, there's a point we made uh, about uh, Hung before, right? Like he is not being enabled by like one of the absolute best. Uh, yeah, but if you don't going, they were still like, pushing JDG in lane two, despite that as well, which is a big thing for me. For for example, uh, this is the same as it way of saying like Reckless could play all the lane dominant picks, but because he had uh, what's his name as his support, Rux, uh, Rux he couldn't do it. Right? Like, do do I give do I give Reckless props for things he didn't do because he had Rux? No, but the point is that Garlo is actually still pushing lanes with a bad support. Yes. Reckless wasn't doing his shit with Rux. He's so pushing like, JDG's bot lane. Yeah, it's like you have what Reckless yeah, like, who can't push a la any lane at all against anyone in any matchup, and Gala who's actually winning a bunch of yeah, lanes with a bad support or not bad support. Yeah, but Hang, Hang's like there's different metrics of bad, and also like Hang like trolls like different aspects of the game, like not just like laning. Like for example, like Hang's lane is like okay, it's not like amazing. Missing laning is not that good. If you go look at the majority of ruler lanes that are lost. It's missing, like engaging and like just get like get himself like chunked, majority of the time. So it's not like missing is like some god tier like laning support like right now. Well, at, like in general for in the aspects of the LPL. So sure, I don't know. I mean, I I'm I, a lot I would on them than you guys. Yeah, I don't know. I I think yeah. I, I just watched too just... many POV, POVs of like Gala, and I'm never like actually that impressed. Like um... I get told told he's the second coming, and I watch it, and I'm like. Like, like, uh, for example, he might be like. Well, a, when he gets his like, yeah. when he gets his third Kaiser Pentacle at this Worlds in Worlds Finals, <laughs> I'm just gonna sit down and gonna smile very smug. <laughs> yeah. But, so you you have uh, Tarzan at eight, right, Kira? So we, mm -hmm. we'll we'll skip past that that one for now. Uh, Nymera, is, well, is there any reason quickly why you have him at that specific placement? Actually, is there? Would you have? Is there any justification? Wait, who did you have at nine, Kira? Kim. Keen, okay, never mind. That's a impossible comparison. Right, uh, Nymera, who who do you have at who do you have at eight? I have been, I have been top player okay. in the BLG. Um, I think that Bin is a real X factor for BLG. I think that he is one of the few players who can he can play very hard into carry top style from the LPL um, and impact team fights in a very meaningful way. I actually think that one of the big issues where that a lot of LPL top laners have is besides someone like Ala, actually on EDG. There are a lot of players who can play teamfight impact or side lane win condition, but they can't really put both into the same way. I actually think Zucker also did okay at that too. So there are some players kind of like on the verge of that, and maybe they come and go in regards to how well they can enable that. Um, ben is someone who can consistently transform a side lane win condition also into oppressive teamfight potential too, because one of the ways that BLG won the regular season with like a record-breaking um, regular season record was 14 and 2 in best of threes. They, I mean, they finished above JDG. Um, and yes, while they did end up losing to LNG um, and, of course, JDG in summer playoffs, um, I really think that the way that Bin fits into their style of um, very quick engages, very, very quick collapses, and then heads up play to realize when someone is separated, in the way that I was talking about JDG being very opportunistic about the way they play, that's also one of BLG's biggest strengths too, when they realize that you've stepped one step out of position or use a cooldown. I actually think that's one of the reasons why JDG beats BLG is because they both try and play that same opportunistic playstyle. JDG are just better at it. 
but one of the reasons why um they are so so good against all the other lpl teams is that bin has their number in a side lane and then also in team fights as well so for me i think he's one of the very best performing um top laners in the lpl at multiple styles i think that he has shown an evolution from spring to summer in not just playing carry picks he can of course cassante is a, that thing which does everything but he can play some more um tankier bruises too so it's not just being a team fight 1v1 laning pip um laning player i think he's just a very good all-around player so that's why he's made my top 10. yeah do you have him on your top 10 rich yeah i actually have him slightly higher um do I talk about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I only have him one place higher, so I'll, I'll mention it now. The, yeah, the only, the only thing I would add to that, and maybe this is slightly controversial, but I, I don't have 369 on my list. And the reason... Really? Yeah. No, yeah. I don't. Ooh. And the reason why I don't have 369 on my list is because 369, actually, I would throw in as the other player who I would say can play multiple styles to a very high level. Because obviously now mm -hmm. he's been playing fucking odd one duty almost in like a lot of their games, seemingly, obviously. Yeah more evolved style let's say but um i think currently what bin does for blg is harder to do than what 369 is doing for in the context of him being with jdg harder. yeah uh, and i think <laughs> I, would, I would also go a step further than what to than what you said uh nymera which is you touched on it but i don't think it's uh, one of the best i think bin is the best side laner in the world and i think he is the best carry top lane uh, player in the world while also being able to play slightly other adaptive styles so to me yeah he's the best again and we know how much like the east can dominate um at worlds through top lane so there's like a lot of value there and to like the oh, point he's gonna get some eye candy yeah exactly yeah. to the point like kira made earlier about like you know how much can a support do that well how much can a fucking eastern top laner do at worlds the answer is a lot so i'm expecting him to be very good at worlds he's the best top laner in the world for me going into this tournament and he's the only top laner on my list so yeah i ha i have him at, at six on mine so i've got him uh fifth i think i've got him the fifth best player in the world what yeah i've got him as the fifth best player in the world okay yeah and the reason is it's how much he contributes again it's the same as keen but he's a better version of it to like his team's like wins right second Right, I put this to Peter Dunn, and we weren't sure how viable Cassante was going to be at Worlds. Now, I, that is still to be shown how viable Cassante is going to be at Worlds. It looks pretty viable, and as such, like, this meta is bonkers for Ben. You throw in GP, that's crazy. Like, Renekton's, Jax's, Gwen's, Cassante's, GP's, possible Jace His Aatrox is great still. Yeah. Aatrox, yeah, so... It could be a really good world for Ben. But yeah, he's going to of that. Obviously, BLG had the summer slip-up uh, where they, you know, fucked up. They didn't get to rematch against GDG. Um, they're still one of the like the great like elite teams. Uh, I think a lot of people are like just... Put it this way. We've seen Ben's meteoric rise. Then he had like a fall-off. Then he team-swapped again. And then he was at, he's been at a very high level for like a couple of years now, right? You know what I mean? Like... Beating T1 in like MSI finals, you know, like very, very good player, having very good MSIs, being a lot of the other three and top lane players. A lot of the people you would want to stress test them against and see what how good he actually is. Um, you know, like, for example, a, a player who I rate very he seems to have Zeus's number like pretty well right now. Um, who's a, like, an amazing player, someone who beats Keen like quite regularly, but we'll come, I'll speak more about that later on. Uh, again, 
reason I've got Ben on the list and not 369 is Ben is so much of like why his team wins like is actively like pushing advantages is where BLG's advantages are often like placed like two wins does he always does he get it over the line like does he have the championship no because he loses to a GDG like he's just a failure to the circumstances of fate he has like a bunch of like Adams on his team who are just ultra specialized like players in very like unique ways and like Tabby's like tried to like make it work but you can only and the variety of different game scenarios that are in League of Legends, JDG's players on the average will be better in more of those like game scenarios, and that is in where the problem uh, lies. I, yeah, think... I think the best way to summarize it as well would be like if you had a, a pie chart of like all you and all your teammates, and what chunk of that pie is your personal contributions. I think Bin's slice of the pie is fucking massive. Whereas yeah, three, yeah. 369, and this is no fault of his own necessarily, but his slice of the pie doesn't need to be big at all. It could be a little slither at the moment, whereas Bin is and, fucking, yeah. And for example, Zika, who, and this is a player that a lot of people are like talking about from LNG. Right now, they've got this idea that Zika, who was not that great in summer, but then very good in the summer playoffs, it's the whole yeah. idea that that summer playoff trajectory is just going to keep on going. It's just going to keep on being that like that level. Now, that might happen. But more often than not, it doesn't. Like I, I, Ben has a lot more tenure. And particularly at uh, international events, he's mega clutch, by the way. Like Ben is insanely clutch. And mm. he's... he's what, this is going to sound like an adage, but he is actually like a big game player. Like the the more you like pressure and the better his like opponent is, Ben actually like plays up to like he plays to the level, like, yeah. Yeah, he but like in a massive way. Like you know, what I mean, like he's very very good, and so that's why I've got him like so high on the list. Because if you think BLG are like a good team, well, he's like, and I even think BLG could fuck up at this world and finish a lot I more think than so other. Too, but it won't yeah. be Ben's fault. Mm. Yeah, it exactly. Won't be Ben's yeah. fault. <laughs> and because we're not doing a top ten list of teams here, I'm. I yeah. only care about who how you yeah. play. And I'm not joking. Outside of tank play, which might be his weakness, JDG might be the only one of the only teams in the world he would be worse on. And Genji. that's a good point. Yeah. Actually, actually yeah, Genji, because, like yeah. yeah. Gen G, he, that's the crazy thing about Ben. Outside of language, just his gameplay. Now, I know that's a very asinine point because leagues are communicating. Oh, in game. terms of play style, like, well, yeah, we get yeah. it. We get the point. That's so, actually a really good point. I like that. So, outside of GDG and Gen G, um, Ben, and even then, like, G, Gen G could just be a different team with Ben on it. Like, Ben would be the better player on every other team in the world almost. Yeah. So, that's how good he is. Yeah. All right. So, my number seven, because obviously we skipped ahead a little bit there. Maybe this one is the last name that I'm guessing won't be on both of your... I can't actually remember your list, to be honest, Kira, but, um, so That's I don't okay. know if this guy was on it or not. But I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't on either of your list, and that is Peanut. Um, so I've actually wow. got... my list. Yeah, I've actually got Peanut on, at number seven. And this is the thing. As a pure player, I don't think Peanut deserves a spot on this list. And I... Why is he here? Whoa, 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 whoa. I'll get it. <laughs> I, and if and like I have memories still of like even last worlds and stuff when I've seen him against uh like Kanavi. Uh, I I don't. He's not as a individual player. He is not one of the top ten best players in the world. But I attribute massively to. This is also where I've slightly broken my own rule in the sense that I'm get, okay. But this is all context building, right? So he has enough longevity in the game that I buy into what is happening now at Genji being a lot on Peanut, which is I think that he is 
the brainchild of Genji. I think he is the primary shot caller based on how they play. I think everything is going through him. I think they're really interesting, unique way that they play at this absolute snails, insufferably slow snails pace a lot of the time is down to Peanut and that unique style and how I think they have to play to be successful is basically all Peanut because I've seen all of these players play without Peanut and I've also seen Peanut on Rocks. I've seen Peanut on Griffin. I've seen every iteration of this guy LGD and every... Peanut? Did you watch that? That was good we don't talk about that yeah, i've seen i've seen every i've seen every iteration of all these players without peanut and the common denominator here for how they're currently playing is it's peanut baby so except Chauve. i yeah actually yeah that's that well, yeah, i think even Chovy really yeah, really Chauve's... benefits from from peanuts um... well, they're, 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 i think they i think their play styles are so perfect for each other Chovy and so yeah, like he, he he's the hardest that he'd be the hardest one for me to say oh he revolutionized Chovy's gameplay because Chovy was kind of playing that style anyway but um no i think peanut is genji so, i think this guy is genji. the higher power question when they go to an international event and their child their style completely collapses and it completely changes and they start picking peanut carry picks is that peanut's fault look what's gonna like this can this is why it's the risky pick right because this one can definitely fall flat on its face or by the way i'll remind a lot of people have genji like making the final that's like a fairly yep. common pick and if mm -hmm. they do that the only way they do that is because peanut is doing what he's been doing all year which is micromanaging this team around the map and I think that just bit. has to that has to deserve enormous credit, surely. If you're like a de facto uh pre-tournament like best like top three team in the world, let's say, and your entire play style is predicated by one player, essentially, from what I can see, then I have you have to be in my top ten. Right. I don't know how you couldn't be. Go that go go. I'm gonna get to a point here, so I'll let you go now, Mia. You tell me your thoughts on this. On Peanut. Yeah, do you have well, him on your list? I do have him on my list. Jesus uh, which, fucking Christ. Which, 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 num which number are we at right now? So my, he's my number seven. He is my number six. So we'll get to that okay. in the next Fuck one. Me. So similar kind of thing. And I, I, I so I've been vod reviewing a lot of LCK games and RPL games at the same time. I thought it was... There's a very interesting thing to do where if you watch a lot of the JDG LNG series, because LNG is kind of the LCK team within the LPL because of the way that they play lane assignments and their mid-game macro, um, the, the way that they play like pushing lanes into objectives is, is quite reminiscent of a Gen G. But then if you also look at some of the stuff from like Gen G T1, where T1 are a much more scrappy team um, for the LCK, so you kind of have some LPL kind of stuff there too, particularly with the way that they, they, they play around like um, very quick snappy engages. Um, you can kind of see the ways that they kind of succeed and fail against those opposing styles. It's not the best way to draw a comparison between the regions because, of course, there's a huge amount of differences. But the way that Peanut is consistently at, like, a very good distance from his lane is when Chovy's pushing lane, he is uh, just kind of shadowing behind him, heading up towards Raptors. They both put wards down. They track the enemy jungler. The coordination which Peanut has with his lanes is actually absurd. If you look through the early games and his, and his couple of pathings like that, when T1 tries to explode the early game against them, they just can't because Peanut is always checking them. I think even on an individual level, I know we've said like Peanut is largely, it's, it's more about the, the, the brain stuff going on, right? But the way that it kind of comes into game with his own individual movements is like he is always ready to respond to a good play. And that enables the playstyle of Genji. Actually, a lot of the players which I've got in this list are um, um, about like how they enable their team styles. 
Um, I, I really think that he enables Genji's style. I've realized that I've jumped a number ahead and we should be on number seven. He's my number six anyway. I really agree. I think well, we, 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 when, when we have overlapping players, we just jump. Sure. It, okay. it, it's... I think, yeah, I think that Peanut... I would really suggest looking at how Genji organized their early game because typically they're playing a lot of drafts, which will be good for this Worlds, I think, where you have kind of like bruisery tops, which can kind of like brawl a little bit. You have kind of like the tank initiated junglers and the supports as well, or something like the Rakan. And then you have mage mid, high DPS AD carry as well. I'm quite interested to see what happens now Zeri's out of meta because I think that Pays was like, I'm not going to say on that pick, but he was, he was a Zeri abuser for sure. So I'm interested yeah. to see what happens now Chovy might need to do a little bit more carrying as opposed to doing the double DT. And of course, Chovy's great at that, but I'm interested to see how that works on an international stage. But the way they organize their early game, so Pina is facilitating every lane and tracking the enemy jungler so well and making sure that his pushing lanes are never left exposed and available um, to ganks without him being there to pick counter gank is actually very fun to watch. I think this guy is really good at his um, ability to just facilitate the early game to be fairly non-interactive so his team comes online. I genuinely think Pina's very good at that style. So, here's the thing. There is a boat, and on this boat, right... There are players who what kind fill of it. What kind of boat? It has a couple of holes in it because it's a phallus, yeah. right? And... Should have built a second hull. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the problem with this boat is it's filled with players, right, okay, who facilitate, right, a gr an amazing style. But they aren't actually, like, the, I don't know, you just add in an adage here, like, the spear tip, like, the actual, like, the sword point, whatever the fuck you want, I don't care you say it, but you know what I'm trying to insinuate here. There aren't the actual carries. Carries an overused word, so... Peanut, like, allows, like, or what facilitates Genji to play, like, a specific, like, style. Which I enjoy. I actually love it. That's why I like Peanut, even though, like, when I actually watch him play, it, like, can drive me a little bit mad. But he's not, like, the part of, like, Genji that's actually, like, winning. Like, currently, right now, um, Doran, for me, which is, I can't believe I'm going to say this, Doran and, like, Chove, right now, are correlating more to Genji's like wins as actual in their play in the game than Pina is. I think P Pace, for example, is just a stat stick. He's the one of the most biggest, the biggest stat stick ADCs like around right now, which is fine. Like stat stick can hurt. Being a stat stick means you don't have a Jackie Love who like can like give you zero stats instead of seven hundred. So yeah. you no, know I mean there's upsides to it. But like I put three six nine in this boat. I put Yagao in this boat. Like these players allow you to play um very like in very like specific ways. Three six nine more is a, a more a lot more like uh variable. But right now in GGGG specialized. Um, there's like lots of them. I could just, I could go through like them all. I I I, I say I heavily I heavily disagree with this. I especially like especially <laughs> like. It's Peanut's world, and Doran's just living in it. The reason why Doran no, is like Doran able has to... to play against someone in lane from minute one and not sure, and sure, and never has to worry about enemy but they're still the product. Yeah, they're still the product of what Peanut's. He's still a product of what Peanut's. He still has to dodge skill shots and actually click on enemy champions. Are we pretending that laning yeah, phase doesn't? Ha why is laning phase right? The actual mechanical like part of League of Legends that's the hardest, right? Not hanging in for like the best players. Look, look like, no one said it's not it's not about Doran. It's, it, it, okay this has nothing really to do if with how Doran good Doran is at the game like other than the fact that he's not like super elite the point is that Genji, the Genji are a super elite team the one of the absolute best teams in the world and if you take Peanut out of that scenario they're not 
and it's and right. how Doran and Doran's let also Doran's laning. Keep in I mind, by the way, I've removed Chovy. The team doesn't work remotely. Can't replace a player. I think you can uh, replace Chovy with another elite mid. I don't think you can replace. Yeah, one other player, but all, and he speaks Chinese. So. But all, but also Chovy's above Peanut on my list, so that argument doesn't really work against. Yeah, me. but I don't think uh, I don't think Peanut should be on all the other people who are like carrying like teams for like like I, but actually like basically like car like. Like producing like carry like results, like peanut does not. Well, do let, that. let me let me other players to do these things. But let me ask you this, Kira: Have you ever watched? Have you ever watched top players one v one each other? Like practice one v one. I don't mean in game. Obviously, I mean obviously right. I'm not rich. Okay, so I can tell you that one of the biggest reasons, because you say like, oh, is peanut dodging skill shots? Essentially, yes, he actually is. Because when you play, when you play in an isolated situation, and I've seen this literally hundreds of times when I've seen players who everyone in the community would say they're mechanically bad and suddenly they're season three faker where they're on an ARAM map and they're playing against one of the best laners we've ever seen in Europe and suddenly they're dodging fucking everything. You know why? Because the jungler in their game has either set up the map or not set up the map in a way where they feel really comfortable or not that comfortable. Yeah. It's the same as, you know what it is? It's the same as not having a ward in that river bush or having a ward in the river bush suddenly everything starts to hit so and you can't dodge shit and so much of this like good laning or perceived good laning okay. or whatever is actually on peanut it it, it really is right really agree. so no 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 so and here and here comes the higher event so uh, did any of have june on your top tier list nope why not the exact same reasons i don't think it is nearly the same reasons i think that actually what Jun became like became for like his team on like BLG as like Jun like as, oh BLG as, are much more about coordinated team movements with regards to like aggressive plays which can around, open up space on the map. But a lot of it is around and like predicated around Jun. Though at no point do I think Jun. A lot actually... of it's around on too. I I I don't necessarily. And yeah, mm. I know I know that delight's great on side of Genji. I. For me, I think that Peanut is another level above than that. And again, seriously, go back and watch the finals early games um, from Oscar. And I know that T1, they got absolutely blasted. One of the big reasons they got blasted is that they ego drafted early game comps that needed to win early. And then they couldn't win early because Peanut, as Rich was saying, was giving his laners so much information and space to work with. So they didn't actually have to worry about laning phase. They had complete information on where Ona was all the time because Peanut was very, very good at shielding his lanes, getting into the enemy jungle to put vision down, allowing his laners to get into the enemy jungle to put vision down. I think it's in game one or two, I can't remember which early game it was, where both um, Chovy and Doran get to put like wards on camps with their first couple of wards because Peanut has like done his clear in such a way that he can kind of walk through mid lane, which allows Talia to go into the enemy jungle to put down a ward on Raptors. Doran does the same thing. It was in the Camille game. Um, it does the same thing on that side. And like that makes the game so much easier. It, like the reason why Genji looks non-interactive and they can just play through lanes and stuff like that is because Peanut enables yeah. them to play like that through lane. What, 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 which, I'm, which I'm fine with. Like I actually I do, I do agree with that premise. But as you, the problem I have with this is as you decrease like the quality of players around Peanut, Peanut needs a certain standard of players, right? Yeah, for what yeah. he's doing can work. But the problem is, is like the like the other pe members of his team do not require that standard as much. Like Peanut must hit critical mass or what he is doing, and they need to be very specific players for his playstyle, right? Now I like that and I like Peanut, but there isn't a there isn't a bucket of them. There's not a lot of those players like cutting about. It's a very like specialized like team, and that's why. I, and then individually, just like his like skill shot accuracy like his target selection and team fight 
It's not the best. Like, yeah, it's it, not. It really, it's really not the best. So we're putting like a lot of stuff predicated on other people getting it over the line. Um, for example, the reason Tarzan made the list and another jungler for me made the list is if you go look at like, as, and I hate stats like this, but like for like example, like their team fight like damage numbers. There is like scenarios where like they win their teams like team fights independent of like mid and ADC like playing like insanely well. I do not think that is true of Peanut. And then like I do not. That's why Peanut's... Kanavi is higher on my list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, we'll we'll get to that as well. I think we'll all have it as well. But that's why Peanut doesn't make like the list for me. It's why like three six nine like as amazing as he is, and he, and he is amazing. Um, doesn't because I had to make like a hard decision on whether or not like I, like basically I'm choosing how much does your play like correlate directly to your like team's victory victories. Now, Peanut. As a, in terms of the style that he facilitates, as a lot, but like his actual like gameplay. I think he's. I, mean, I, I think the thing I mean, for really me, like pressed. I don't, really I don't think, I don't think your, I don't think your take is a bad one, Kira. I think it's a difference in what you value. But for me, it is a direct value proposition. And the last statement you made, I would actually flip and say, how much does he contribute? I say he contributes everything. Like I think he contributes so much. So that's he's ba he's basically Chris Paul. He's running the show. He might not be the but, highest scorer on the team. He might, but he is the point guard of that team, and they are a very good but, team. But, I we'll, suddenly we'll understand everything because this is the same argument I would make for Peanut here is also the same argument I'd make for Malarang on the rogue team that won LEC. Oh, how <laughs> dare you? Fucking oh. hate. How in dare some you. ways, right? Because effectively, there's 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 basically a give and take, right? Now the thing he does about Shun, the, the thing the thing about Shun, right, is that I think his team allows him to play that style. I think that Peanut is does it the other way around, where he gives to his team, right, where he allows his team his team to play the style which they do. I actually think that Peanut is less constrained than Chovy in his style, for instance. I think that Chovy is incredibly good. The best player in the world when he's playing his specific style, when we're just kind of like getting a huge amount of just passive value out of farming into kind of safe sideline and getting into late game team fights. Incredibly good at that style. I think he's quite rigid in that style and we've seen that internationally before. But the way he can do that on stuff like the Talia, which can sometimes get exposed early, there was a whole period of time where Talia would be getting first blooded every single game in various different regions. Um, the reason why Genji could even play this against a very potent early game team like the likes of T1 in LCK Playoffs is because Peanut just enable his team like that. So for me, it's just the direction who's giving and who's taking in regards to uh, enabling that playstyle. And that's yeah. why Peanut is this kind well, of the we'll come. We'll speak about it a little bit later on because you'll maybe see where I'm coming up when you look at other placements on our list. So we'll look back, I'll really look back around again to sixth for you. Yeah, Ash. yeah. So uh, I haven't done my seventh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's your both of your <laughs> seventh. Who was your seventh, Kira? Remember, my seventh was Tarzan. So oh, okay, yeah. So it, who no, is no, Nime no. It's Nymera's seventh. Then we're on. I no. think three, six, I, I, nine. <laughs> we haven't talked oh, about yeah. him yet because you two don't have him on your list. So yeah. I guess I should do a bit of spiel on this then because um, three, six, nine for me. I, I know that he is not necessarily the carry archetype player. I think he is incredibly intelligent about the way that he plays the game, though. Um, with a team like JDG, you know you have the two best carries in the world in a lot of ways, or at least for most of this year, in in, in Ruler and Knight from uh, from mid and bot. Wait, so I just realized, sorry. So you must have every single JDG player. I have every JDG that's player on my list. Mm. I actually do. I realized this after I did it, and I thought, hang on, that's a bit weird. I actually realized that midway through saying this, and I'm like, 
That's mm. something. But I do Fluffy. think that, Well, I mean, I don't think it's out of the question to say that they have a top two player in each of their roles. Like maybe top three at worst or whatever. I've I'm very high on They've lost way too many they've players. lost way too many games to have every player in the top but ten I list. Think I think. Yes, but this is the, but this is this is the individual player thing as opposed to the team thing as well. And yeah, yes, exactly. I know I'm talking about how the players um like enable their style and stuff like that. But like I think the reason why, for instance, LNG could beat JDG is because stylistically they found some ways to really buckle the way they act as a unit not as individual players i think as individual players they are incredible. i agree with the potent. principle i disagree with them be, I, dis, I actually agree with your principle i think you can have a team with like all the best of the top two in all five roles right and they can have really close games against teams that don't because like that's a big part of like i think people really overrate how much individual like skill correlates to like wins in league of legends Definitely. and how much team play right but I did, uh, then on the counter side, Nehmira, I disagree that there are five players from GDG in the top 10, but anyway, continue. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely put, I put this list together of like, should probably move some stuff around. I'm like, oh, I got to do this. And I think basically the, the breaking point was I put Bin on my list and I'm like, oh my God, I can't put Bin on my list and then not put 369 above him. He's had his number the entire bloody year. Um, 369 has some like really unique aspects as a top player outside of being a carry, which I find very, very interesting. There was one game, I'm trying to remember exactly which one it was, but he locks in a poppy pick top lane um, in, I think it was against Scout's LeBlanc actually. Um, and Scout is, an, of course, an incredibly good LeBlanc. And you, obviously you, you say this thing, but hang on, that's mid lane versus top lane. That's because it was the side lane allocation later on. And the way that 369 has impact in team fights and stops people who want to play through side lanes playing through side lanes is incredibly good. He was stopping the split push LeBlanc from split pushing as a poppy from top lane. I don't think there are other top laners in the world that could do that right now, especially against a player the caliber of Scout as well. We know how good he is at his tank play. We know how good he is at stuff like the Cassante as well. 369 has had a chokehold over teamfight impact in top lane from LPL, whilst also having incredibly solid laning, while also having incredibly solid ability to shut down carries who've tried to pull that against him. I think 369 is still incredibly good. Do I think he is as dominant as he was in around the MSI meta and stuff like that? Maybe not, but still, mm. even then, I think he's, he's definitely worth being in my top 10, and I have to put him above Bin, so he's at 7 for me. So I actually missed my, my seventh because I like counting them wrong, but I'll talk a little bit more about 369. If you look at the the in the games that JDG loses, two things either happen. Canavi fucks up and he just sprints it. And he literally it's just I, I I can't even rationale like some some of the things that like Kanabi has does. a history when his when he has some really oopsie moments when his lanes are not pushed up and he'll invade and die. He has some oopsie moments, that's true. Yeah. Not right. as much as he used to, but he but he does. Right, and, and the other ones is like three six nine. Just some of his decision making is borderline insane. Like they uh, lost uh, more games upper, to bot lane being behind than top lane making mistakes. The upper way that bracket, they like the Kennen game and the like Orn games. I get into dude. They lost the game versus anyone's legend because they got ganked bot and died. No, like... no, I'm talking about just in the playoffs, <laughs> just there. Um, like against LNG, like the the games, like the games that are they're like losing, like are not good from three six nine. Like some of his gate, like he does, like him and Kanavi definitely do have like the lower the low the lowest floors, but they like allow a lot of like for example, I'm quite happy like, to agree that like when a lot of people give credence to like rulers like team fighting, they're like not realizing that like three six nine is peeling like three or four targets off of like ruler 
in a team fight, and if he doesn't pull those targets, it doesn't matter if Ruler's like the best ADC in the world, he's still gonna die. Like the 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 body slam, the the trick is when Ruler Zaya ults and three six nine uh, either ults or body slams a landing spot spot to create like a peel zone for for Ruler to definitely either be able to flash or cleanse the next like DC, so you can't chain him. So like. If one of those are like if one of those sums are down, then like he'll like cover it. Like it's really really impressive. Like three six nine this year, me and Peter Dunn, like it was somewhat it was almost like a a new evolution of like the top tier levels of like what people can do in terms of team fighting and creating space for carries. Like three six nine is like shown like a consistency in that department. The problem I have is like, for example, when I he has Scion in mid to late game is like amazing, right? Then when you watch him lame with it and he like dies on the Scion pack away from the minion lane, it's like someone needs to send this man a boss video. It's like, <laughs> come on, bro, just like die, die in the correct place. Uh, has he has he's like so good and like his like strength and like they help GDG like win a lot. But it's he is like one of the vectors of attack for like how to like beat GDG in, in terms of a particular weakness. Hmm. So who is your seventh? You said we missed your seventh. And, I mind is this, but it's a lot of the same reasoning. I, for example, I wasn't one of those people who was like, oh, the minute you take out Faker, it revealed everyone in uh, T1 was actually like the 10th best player in the world. I was like, no, they could have still been like what levels of players you thought they were. Because uh, what a lot of people don't realise is I've never played team games, is if you remove like a pillar, like say you learn to play the game in a specific way, okay? Like you learn to play with jungle shot calling, and then I, but you're like, the, so let's just say like you were the best mid laner in the world, but your jungler was a shot caller. Now I take you and I put you in a new team, and your jungler now no longer shot calls, right? It's now, I don't know, the support or the top laner. That like change can have like a massive effect on like how you like play the game, because there's like so many variables in terms of like the push and pull of the game that have like changed for you. Where you individually might still be like that player like you are, but like the actual like game systems around you, uh, like change. And I think Zeus, you know, outside of finals where he like his brain melts and he's he has just a class A choker, a really bad one. Um, I think Zeus is just one of the best. Like, is like the a really good middle ground between like Ben and three six nine, but more to the, the like the Ben side, where I think a lot of like on your. So the weird, the thing about this, and I, he's another honor. I have a list of honorable mentions actually, which is like we already mentioned delight. We mentioned Tarzan for me as well. Zeus. I actually, I think Keen and Honor also on the honorable mentions list for me as well. But like the thing about Zeus, which is super weird for me, is like I can never get the true read of this player because T1's drafts are so fucking wacky. Like he's got yeah. like this Aatrox in some weird games where you can't really play Aatrox, and he still looks really good in them. And I just, I'm just sad. Exactly. That, like, I wonder what he'd be like if he had, like, a really good draft. But that's my problem with so much of T1. Where, like, I feel like I have mm -hmm. bad reads individually on so many of their players because and we could be rolling a dice before this world for a meta that T1 suddenly just get their shit together in terms of drafts and they could actually just be an incredibly good team and maybe they make finals or something like that. But in terms of Zeus, like, I know he's individually a good player. I just don't actually know how good he is right now. Like, Asian Games, he beat, he beat Bin in sidelines, right? He had some solo kills on him um for, for that but obviously that was super weird because china had like a, mm. patch a, a set of yeah. a, they had patch problems they had a set of roster decisions which were very strange and yeah there's stuff like that but you know it's really hard to tell the truth tell tell the peak of a player like this we know he's good it's just how good is he 
Mm, yeah. I think he's very good, and like the reason they upset KT is because Keane can't get like his advantages through like Zeus, so it changes the paradigm in which like KT has to play because like Keane on the average aggregate can't like get it. He can like do it in individual games, but across the average, he's shown that like Zeus by smaller margins than probably a lot of people give credit for does just slightly beat him out. Yeah, to me, to me, the reason why I didn't have Zeus or and as I said this one I said earlier, like, ah, your other pick is now making more sense to me. What I remember is I did raise an eyebrow a little bit at Zeus, but then if you value Keane so highly and then you watch the matchups between Zeus and Keane, yep. it obviously makes sense to have uh, Zeus at high up. Um, for Same me... Same logic for me, Ben in 369. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I mean, that, that does make does make some sense. I, I just think that for me, and yes, like I agree with what you're saying about if you remove a pillar, it can just make the you know the whole path non crumble. Um, I do think that he, despite that, I think there were too many low lights for me to have him in a top ten list. Like going into this world, even if I believe he could be a top ten player, maybe like it just didn't quite didn't quite work for me. Um, okay, so let's go to number six. Then I've already done mine, which has been uh, who was your six, Kira? So my sixth was let me go get it. Oh, Canavi. Canavi, okay. Yeah. So my 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 sixth is Canavi. Uh, the best version of GDG is the one where Canavi front runs. He might be the best jungler in the world at playing around uh, pushing and prioritized lanes. Uh, has two. He is historically very good in two v two situations. At Canavi uh, is one of the people who he not only has a good uh, mid two v two. But Canavi has historically always had a great top 2v2. Uh, Zoom, 369, Yagao Canavi has been, historically some of the best LPL uh, dueling matchups and la uh, laning matchups. They were so good at timings. Canavi uh, is one of the best play junglers in the world with resources. He is amazing at front running. He is uh, pretty he's pretty good at objective setups. Not not always the best, but he's he's got a real good eye for like uh, flanks and uh, bush yeah. like bush baits. He's very mechanically proficient. Probably one of the yep. most probably the, the... Or one of the most mechanically proficient junglers in the world. Um, it's why it's always so fun to watch him and Tarzan play against each other. Yeah. We've seen a new dimension to Kanavi where like mid two v two isn't something that they like prioritize as much on JDG, but they now he is with three six nine, like one of the people that create like these pocket like these pockets in the team fight for like knight and ruler to like carry the game in where they CC targets, hold down targets, and keep the basically the gates of heaven open so that they knight and ruler can just kill everyone within a time frame. Uh, okay, so the reason I have him in not 369, and it is a good one because I literally argued the exact opposite way for Peanut. Because you'll notice, like I said, that like I've not got Peanut in the last, because even though he provides like systems and stuff, is because outside of the systems, Canavi individually in team fights is also a, like a threat to win them. Yeah. That is like yep. the difference. And he plays both, as in like Canavi does play like a pick. Uh, pick and CC with like tanks, but he also plays like he has like the Wukong pack, the, the like the hybrid Maokai packs, the um, what's the other one that he plays a lot of? Uh, I'm blanking here on the names because I, I don't formally, usually formally call them their names, but he's got uh, a lot of depth of play and a lot of variability of play all centered around the team fight, but that is why I have like Kanabi 6. I think he's 
the the reason I have them lower though is the games were like GDG like random like not random like the GDG games were GDG lose very early to LNG and they can't like actually beat them in team fights because LNG is like early game like gold advantage are too high. A lot of them are predicated on poor decisions made like by like Kanave or like assessing like the wrong side or jungle path at any given time. And yeah, we're, he's playing against like some of the best there is and a person who's quite proficient at jungle pathing but uh, the irregularity yeah. of his mis-execution in the, like, the top tier is why he's sixth and not like higher up yeah. so yeah, very simple for me obviously I have Kanabi I have him at four I'll just be he's the best jungler in the world for me he can play literally anything in jungle I think he is probably the biggest uh, champion pool of the elite junglers um, can play multiple play styles and this is like the big thing again you, this is why he's above peanut aside from the other things um i think you can put him on any team in the world and he is a win condition for that team yeah um i don't think you can say that for someone who i think in the context of genji peanut is a top 10 player in the world for me i think in a lot of other teams he wouldn't be kanavi i think he would yeah. be a top 10 player in the world no matter what team you put him on and he's a win condition no matter what team you put him on so that's that's why I have him all the way at four, actually. Uh, so where is Kanavi on your list, Mr. Nymera? So mine's, I have Kanavi at three. Ooh. I have him even higher than you. I am so Jesus high on Christ. this guy. I think I, I think that, yes, there are some games where he does overplay. Kind of what we were talking about a little bit with Tarzan, where sometimes he overplays the situation. Um, but on the whole, when he goes to those overplayed situations, my initial instinct when he goes to a play, and often this is proved correct, is not, oh my god, he's made a mistake, is, oh, he's doing something special. Because... Kanavi gets more damage out of jungle champions than I think is entirely possible. I think the big change for me, because I, I had some worries and some criticisms about him in spring, because this was kind of what encapsulated a lot of the JDG issue for me around spring, where actually, I think it's one of the reasons why MSI potentially got a little bit closer to, is where they were very good individual players. And if they won lane, they would just smash the game, because Kanavi, even back from his, his, um, his previous teams and previous rosters, he had this continual issue where if he didn't have winning lanes, he'd still invade anyway, and he'd die for that invade. And that was a big problem for him. And he was still doing that in spring, where you could see that he was a bit disconnected from his team in regards to um, who could respond to his plays, and he'd occasionally die for it. MSI, that changed. He was getting invaded, and he was making it work. In my, um, if you think of the first game between JDG T1, where he gets invaded, what, level 2 by Kindred running over to his camp, he gets that play really well. And I, I get that that was owner making a mistake too, but he's been much, much better through summer and, of course, through MSI as well, at responding to those kind of plays, still being a win condition, even when his team's pressured. And I think that we even had some games where, I mean, JDG on the whole actually aren't that ahead that much in early game now um which is a bit of a change from spring they've actually been pushed quite a lot i think a lot of teams have hyper focused early game versus jdg because they know how well kanavi plays uh, and the rest of the team plays when they have significant leads but even when they are um even or behind and kanavi has been put under pressure or something like that he finds ways to make absolutely game-changing plays in pretty much every yeah. game I do think against LNG, you're absolutely right. There were some moments where I was thinking, okay, he's gone a little too deep there. I think there was a Rel game where he went like 0-4 and four because he just went a bit too far on the whole. Um, but I think on the whole, in any given game, Kanavi is likely to make a game-winning play. And like there are very few players which can outvalue that for me. Yeah. Uh, did we do your number six, Nymera? Who was your number six? Uh, my number six was Peanuts. We've talked about oh, Okay, him okay, cool. So going on to number five then, and I'm going to guess that I probably have this player lower than everyone else on their list. I have Chovy at number five. Um, Jesus. The reason why I have Chovy at number five, I think probably 
he is the best all-around mid laner in the world, the best rounded mid laner in the world. I do agree with Nymera's point that his flexibility is... This is the thing. So, spoiler alert, I won't say where he is yet, but the other... I know that this is something that um, Kira believes, that uh, justifiably so, that Knight is more of an extreme player in the sense that if you're like maxing out stats for certain things, maybe he'd be a 10 in some areas, whereas maybe Chovy's a 9 across the board kind of thing. But... I think in League of Legends, as long as you're not super limited, I'd rather have the maxed out stats in a couple of areas, especially when it comes to mid lane, which is such an influential role. And I couple that as well with, I know this is a long time running narrative. And maybe again, Allah, the uh, things we were talking about with uh, Tarzan, for example, maybe it's not a completely fair narrative, but I, tr I do not trust Chovy. Like, this is one of the picks where, again, remember, part of my criteria is projecting by the end of the tournament, if I were to do the list again, like, who do I think will have had good individual world championships? And I think there's a very decent chance that Chovy would actually be much lower down the list or maybe not even on the list. And I don't think that will be true for Knight, for example. I think there's an almost 0% chance that will be true for Knight. So how can I justifiably put Chovy above him? I can't. I think there's a very high chance that he actually doesn't he won't be the best performing mid in in the tournament and i would throw this to kira or anyone else who would have chovy above uh, potentially above knight how can you justify having chovy above knight when i think that is undisputably right. a truism i, I think Look, that i'll is... let Na i'll let i'll let Naimira go you can go uh, and the way i'll justify that is i wouldn't i also have chovy at five. Oh, so, okay yeah. let's go yeah i also have chovy at five because again for me i think that mid lane it's interesting seeing the the meta at plans because I actually think that based on when I was making this list, it might even fit Chovy a little bit more because we have so many mages right now in mid lane, which are Chovy's. He's probably the best mage player in the world. He is, however, particularly when it comes to some of the... Sometimes when he is um, looking for engages, I don't think he's maxed out in that stat, like you're saying, compared to someone like a Knight or a Scout or a couple of these other players which have had really, really good Annie Nico years and stuff like that. I think Chovy is fantastic at getting getting resources out of areas which other mid laners just can't. He's better at farming. He's better at getting um, lane control into a way where you can never get him to drop any CS, but he also gets you to drop that as well. If the game is about just getting raw value and raw stats out of your mid laner, Chovy is the best player in the world, actually. He's incredible at that. Game's not as simple as that, though. I think that particularly this year, mid laners had to take on a lot of different roles, and particularly when it comes to best ofs. Uh, Swiss is, is Swiss all best ofs? Is all best of three? No, BO1s until it's elimination okay. or yeah. right, uh, right. upwards, then it's BO3s. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, when it comes through to like elimination at the end of Swiss, and then it comes through into to knockouts as well, I think you're going to have teams start to like really pressure Chovy into not just sitting pretty and scaling up. I think that as a team, Genji won't be able to allow Chovy to not be interactive with the map until a certain point. I think Peanut's done great regionally, as I said. I mean, I had him at number six, right? And allowing his team to not interact as much in early game, particularly against early game comps. You can kind of like weather that storm and then get to the value of a Talia or an Orianna or an Azir or something like that. Um, I I'm, I'm a little bit worried compared to other mid laners, which I have above him, that he might not be able to sit and get as much value out of some games as well. However, he's still number five, still one of the bloody best players in the world because you know he's going to have those games where he's putting out a million DPS and he's got a huge amount of gold. Like, he's still an incredible player, but for me, yeah, I think he's just a little too rigid in some areas which he might get pushed into in draft. Yeah. So what do you right. think? What say you, so Vera? I've, so, I base my, 
not on Alwyn Vaithbinds of what has happened and not as a conjecture of like the future. Um, because, for example, we had like DRX one, okay, like DR DRX like one world, like DRX one world. No, no, basically, no one in their mon un uncle like predicted like uh like DRX one in worlds, right? Um, and no one basically predicted any of the like the level of play for like all the people were like going to come in at like for example Canyon, like can no one predicted Canyon to do have to play the way he did against like Gen G because. Those things are like really, really hard to do. So I tried to like stick to it of like what has happened and then try and correlate that to like the form that they're going to be in and what their playstyle has shown. So the first one I would tackle is Chovy's gotten way better at like engage. Like for example, Annie's like one of his like most picked. Um... Sorry, just very, very quickly back to your criteria before you get into it though. But by that logic, which is completely fair and reasonable, it's your own criteria. But shouldn't you be marking down Chovy for international performances if it's what has happened? Chovy, yeah, like should... I marked him. Da I marked him down for MSI. Okay, but where is Chovy on your list? He's number one. What? It, it, how can he be if it's based Why? on history? How could he be number summer, one? Because summer and summer playoffs happened. Okay, so it's based... In a region with a load of teams with a load of question marks about them. Like, yeah, I, but... I... Yeah. Number I, I, one, really? Yeah, yeah really. Because, okay, the only thing that makes Gen G an elite team is the fact that they have Chovy. You can't replace Chovy with any other player. And even if you gave them Knight... Okay, let's say you give Gen G Knight, okay? Who would be the other, like, player... You, or I don't know who else you want to replace him with. Like, you could do Scout, but again, you'd have the same problems. And the way that Gen G wins the game, none of those players can do what Chovy does. I don't actually think there is a player that can do what like Chovy does. It's only Chovy that can do it. The second all is like yes, like Knight is like ultra like specialised in like a like a specific area of the game which is like team fight, engage, like uh isolated like picks. You will look Chovy and Knight share like a lot of like aspects of their like their gameplay play. But if you go look like Chovy for example like uh, Knight played lots of Jace this year. And Knight was probably one of the best Jace players up this year along with Scout, okay? But he, Knight had massive problems, uh, or GDG had mad, massive problems executing on, like, Tristana, okay? Now, if you go look at, like, Chovy, Chovy was probably one of the best, like, mid-Tristana players like, this year. They, like, they share Annie, they play, uh, Knight plays a lot of Nico. Chovy plays, like, a lot of Nico. Uh, Knight can play Azir, obviously Chovy, like, loves Azir, and, like, utilising the Azir. So there's shared things and then little bits of, like, differences and like, the, 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 the pools. But when you look at, like, Genji, Genji, we... I don't know why we underrate like LCK when they like quite regularly are like the pantheon of like are filled with like the top teams. Gen G just won LCK in pretty dominant form, like not crazy. It was like three two three zero. The best player, and all of summer and all of summer playoffs was Chovy, and it, for me it wasn't even remotely close. Like, on other regions and other players, you could kind of like, it, like stay on it. But and my problem the, is with, oh no. with your criteria is that we've seen this movie before, though. We've seen Chovy be dominant in LCK and then flop the international. Yeah, no, yeah, because I'm just telling you what I'm. If you're honest to say, for example, right, okay, I would say, say the exact same thing for Peanut. How can you have Peanut on your top 10 list for like you? I just don't have him on mine for gameplay. But like Peanut loses his fucking mind at international events. He lost his mind at MSI, he started playing carry picks and fucked the entire map state. And the worlds before that, he just literally was getting more camps taken off them than like fucking. I but don't this know, is this bears. is why he. This is why I. So the reason why again again the reason why Genji for me are a top three team is solely because of Peanut. If I had complete and utter faith 
that Genji would like make a final, he'd be higher on my list. That like that's why, but, but, but it's still proportionate yeah. though. Like to have Chovy at one when he has the because international, because he, he correl his individual performance correlates the most right to his team winning the game against like the bet the better like majority of the field. Like Pays is an absolute stats pick, like ADC. Like the best individual next the next best individual player on Chovy's team is his support player. And delight. Yeah. Probably. Right? Yeah. So when you go into like team fights, right, okay, Pays like does like, it's Chovy that's like reaching out and taking lots of like executional like risks in, in his attempts to like win team fights. It's not Pays. Like Pays isn't doing that on ADC. That is not asked of Pays. But every other ADC is like like doing that, right? And I'll, there's other ADCs on the list that I'll rate a lot higher. But Chovy for me is like Genji is one of the the best teams in the world. Even like Genji came third at MSI. Now we look at that as being a failure. Yeah, they came third or fourth. Sorry, fourth. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, they came fourth at like MSI. And we look at that as being like a failure. But there was all the good stuff before it. You know what I mean? Them beating T1. You know what I mean? In spring. You know, like yeah, like on the laws of averages, I think Chovy will underperform at Worlds. Like event, if I if you look at historic great players, eventually they stop doing that. By the way, if you give them enough chance chances, they do just stop doing that, and eventually they just start playing well. So, like, I think if you just look like laning, Chovy's probably by far like the best. Side laning, probably by far the best. Oh, I wouldn't say side laning. I think the only reason the side laning is as dominance because his team allows him a free run of sidelines. I think historically, Trovi's been awful at sidelining. The amount of times that we had this this meme of like Trovi as a zero in a sideline dying has been like, it's a really high amount. Like I actually think sidelining is one of his worst points and one of the reasons why I put him behind a number of other people who um, are better at like choke holding a map in a sideline. I would have Scout oh, okay. undisputably above him in sidelines. Forced, like not even yeah, close. For example, for example, like Scout will be playing like LeBlanc in side lane. It's so much he easier. Yeah, is he? He plays as zero. I know he plays as zero too, but it's like there's other mitigating factors. Like, like Scout has much better mid hold. Scout has Zika like playing much better. Like Chovy's like other side laner is much better at like holding rather than pressuring areas of the map. It's just Chovy, guys. Like, let it's Chovy like in Peanut covering Chovy at times, or Peanut on the other side of the map sometimes wrongly covering like Doran when he should be covering. You know, when he's got like shutdowns, like the there is lots of like dynamics to the game. It's just purely how much Chovy's gameplay correlates to Genji wins. You you can I can remove Knight and I can remove Ruler for lots of other players in their like region or like even like separate them. And JDG was still I I, I find it very hard to replace. Chovy. I don't think you can replace Ruler like that. I'm I'm gonna disagree with that one. But... Yeah, like put that as well. But we'll the stick like. Ruler's an amazing player, but he's not nowhere near as good as Knight. Like, he's nowhere near as... I'll just tell you that now. He's nowhere near as good as Knight, Scout, Chovy. He's an ADC player. He's a very good ADC player, but he doesn't correlate that much to, like, wins on his team. Like, n n okay, game five, GDG lose... Doesn't correlate to wins on his team? No, 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 no. Are we watching the same GDG? <laughs> GDG lose if it's not Knight on playing mid lane, going over the wall, stunning three people on Nico. But Ruler doesn't do that. Ruler doesn't go and get you the game back. Yeah, but uh, to be fair, he, he there's no does. AD carry champion in the world that can do those so mechanics. No, no, he doesn't. So then why are we related ADC higher than that? No, he had that like quadra kill around Herald Pit where he literally like 2v... I mean, with Knight, but he 2v4s and gets a quadra kill out of that largely yeah. through his own play. Like, how, yeah, how many Knight? times has Ruler found those game-winning plays? That's a different question. Like, we'll, we'll get to that shit when he's on my list, but like... um. 
like, he I, doesn't I, have he doesn't ruler has a knight and knight has a ruler right and ruler has a canave and knight has a canave right for me because you've got to look at the rest of my list right toby doesn't have like you don't got peanut on the list i don't have anyone like I would look at basically a majority of like what makes Genji elite. Of, like, one I, I, I get plus. I get your argumentation, but I think you should have Peanut on your list because I think that Chovy's job and Chovy's always been elite with and without yeah. uh, Peanut. Granted, but Peanut does make Chovy's life easier, and I think you, in my opinion, you've downplayed another, no, that. No, but another way it makes it harder because at the end of the day, in League of Legends, you have to win team fights and. Peanut is not specialized or like that amazing for like team fights, but he has but the, arguably are. the best support drafts. in the world, engaged support in the world in his team as well. Yeah, but this is why the drafts help so much, right? Because the way that Genji overcome this is by actually playing to a really good strength of theirs, which I said is gonna like you draft towards mid to late game, five v five front to back team fights, and then Peanut will make sure you get to that point. That's why Peanut is so high on my list in some ways, right? That's why he's on my list is because you allow Chovy to have like the perfect mage for that draft, the perfect DPS pick. And pays to be the stat stick which he needs to be if you had a different jungler those lanes are dying like three times before 14 minutes and Peter i don't think chovy would die as much in lanes no, that's a it's a stylistic thing though isn't it like how yeah. chovy sits in the lane but i would just say that the only thing i would push back on like majorly is that i think you do talk a little bit like genji kind of like he's playing with scrubs but he does have the best no, engage support no, no, in no, the no. world which is a wet dream for chovy and he has Peanut, who is basically covering gaps for like the other team members' floors, which I think is like two huge aspects. And they are, it's not when it's not Team Chovy that's like a top three team in the world. It is Genji so when, that is a top three team in the world. So when, it is more than a one man team, like for sure. And, and we've seen when Chovy chokes and he like TPs, suicide TPs into like Baron, where Genji's floor is. Like, where do you think it's at? It's not very good, is it? Like, when Chovy doesn't play well, look at where Genji's floor goes to. Like, it's pretty awful. But this is but, also the way that they draft in the style that they've chosen, right? Where no, no, but he was like, playing, like, Annie at, like, MSI for, like, the first time. Or, then, like... But you're, pl you're playing like, around... But, but the thing is, though, like, if you put those same kind of drafts in the hands of, like, Knight, I think Knight just, like, wins the game. Yeah, no, I was yeah, about to say... Yeah, he does. This is the thing, though. I do think that with Chovy, it's, like, it's also a stylistic... Style. It's a stylistic thing where they've said the way Chovy plays is quite safe. I don't use that as a pejorative, by the way, but he is a safe player and he's a reliable player. Hard so we, so we can draft towards that. If you had, like, let's just say Apex Caps, right, in a team, it's a completely different scenario on how you want to build those lineups. So saying, like, oh, but if Chovy fails... the Yeah, because that's how they drafted. Like, that's the comp. Like, but if Chovy was like... a different player, they would draft differently and they would have yes. different win cons. That's the thing. But for example, there's not many games. Okay, there's not many games like Chovy can have and like win where he like plays poorly. It's it's also execution, like the regularity of your like execution. Uh, but yeah, like, but because they've drafted like that though, it's like if he's no, on no, a Zia, like, if he's on a champion which has like in theory a high floor because it's a safe champion, Chovy in theory shouldn't ever be fucking up, right? That's like the theory behind the drafting. If you're picking where. Like, if you have something much more extreme that Chovy's always playing towards, you're probably going to have a backup wing con. You're probably going to have your AD you carry on like, something. You, like... mean in like, you mean in, like, fuck up in terms of, like, getting caught? Because I mean in fuck up as in, like, if Chovy doesn't actually go out and try and, like, maximise, like, the damage in the team fight, like, his team will just get, like, rolled over sometimes. Well, I don't mm. think that's entirely true when we had Pays, particularly when Pays was on, like, a Felios Zeri, particularly the Zeri, where he'd just pop Ghost and he'd run people down, where it's, like... Actually, a lot of the time it was kind of the dual carry, which is why I'm quite interested in actually at an international level, which Chovy's not managed to succeed at before. 
if it gets to the point where Pace can't doesn't have as good performance and, and on something because he doesn't have the Zeri in the chip in the wheelhouse, I don't know whether that'll be as meta. We haven't seen it in plans yet, really. Um, if Trevi has to do, as you said, like the perfect position, the perfect DPS, can he pull that out in the international stage? If he can, you know what? He deserves to be at number one on this list. I'm very interested in seeing that happening. I don't think he will be able to do that against the level of competition against him. I think it's going to be very fun to see him try, but we'll we'll see. I how think Genji get worse a lot worse when they have to play against GDG what? and LNG because of the mid laners. Like it gets a lot harder for Chove. But I think like if, when you go look at those, their teams, those teams like benefit from the fact of the aspects of Chove's team which they are playing against. For example, like arguably Zika and uh, Three Six Nine gain from the fact that they're playing against Doran. Like, Knight and Scout do not gain from the fact they're playing against Chobie. Well, I also that, think that's you... That's harder. I also think you said it yourself, though, which is that Pays is a stat stick, which is essentially what you want if the main carry is not absolute min-maxing no. the damage. You want the stat stick AD carry. I also give you, like, a team argument. Chobie's team is, like, a good team, but it's not, like, the best team I could make for Chobie. Like, for example, Knight's team is, like, the best team you could give Knight, and arguably for Ruler as well though maybe would like prefer more lane dominant support right I, that, that's hard to say right but gdg is like arguably the perfect team for those like two carries and how you want to play and there is in no way that um gen g team is the is like the perfect team for like Chove. like you, you could make get a lot better top laner than doran and you could get a lot better i agree but players. you are talking about the best team probably like he, player for player ever constructed on paper and comparing but, it to another very good team that's just not quite as min-maxed as that team. Or it's not, but it's not like, it's I don't think it's particular, like, it's not close. Like a fucking rook. Sure, it's yeah. not, it's, and it's not close, but that and, doesn't okay, diminish how good Gen G are. They are still a top three team in the world. It's just that JDG are, as you say, yeah, they're pretty much yeah. close to perfection. You're, sure, like in that specific matchup, and, I think it, what you're saying holds weight because it, my problem is that I think the two arguments are conflated where you're saying, like, okay, yeah, but they have Kanabi, but yeah. In that matchup, if you if we were doing a preview for that matchup, I would agree with everything you're saying. Like, absolutely. It's just, when it's a more holistic point, it's not... Chovy's in a really fucking good spot. He's just not in a really fucking good spot when you compare him to Ruler or Knight, basically. Yeah, no, and and, that, and what I'm saying is, is he's, like, just, like... It's kind of every other team like, in the world, really great spot, by the way. Every other team in the world, including JD, uh, LNG, really good spot. Like, comparably yeah. good spot. It's close. Would you, would you call it, um... Like yeah, that's more comparable. But I could get into that. But like, I think as I said, like, if you look at like how well like, Kobe like makes that like team. He I think he is like the right now like for any given player he is the biggest like uh, dealt on like the replace this player with an average player. Rich, how much would that affect your team? I think he's the biggest. Uh I would say potentially LNG is that actually maybe okay so we, we, but like I've, I've talked enough about Chove yeah. like or Bin uh, like maybe or Bin yeah they're but... okay I, definitely high on the list I get the point but yeah. right, so we're on number five right so yeah. Rich and I had Chove who's your number five so my number five oh yes the tilt just Chove guns no, mine's was Ben, remember? Ben, oh, yours Ben. Was ben. Okay. Oh, okay. Right, so, right. Gotcha. my number four, we've already talked about, which is Kanavi. Uh, who is your number four, Nymera? Mine is Knight. So, Knight makes number four for me. Okay. Jesus Christ. Well, I already said that Kanavi is number three. Um, and there are two. I know the fact that you have. I think you have the fact you have Kanavi, Ruler, and Scout potentially above Knight is an absolute fucking war crime. And the I, thing that, is, I actually can't not, believe I'm having to listen uh, to uh, it. Uh, 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 no. If you go back to what the, 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 the thing about Knight is that you go he's back the, and watch some of his last few seconds. 
I I think he is in half the games. He is the best player on his team, and there is a he significant amount of his games. But the thing is, though, like you know, when you were saying that, uh, you know, like actually, a lot of the way that um, JDG lose is by the way that you know sometimes Kanavi makes bad decisions. Three six nine falls behind. I said about Ruler falling behind. Actually, one of the biggest reasons that they fall behind. You look at the way that LNG really um, exposed them is by Knight being disconnected and falling massively far behind. There was a couple of anti games in finals and and the games where they had versus LNG were not just not a factor. There were also some other games where he had like he had some of the best RE performances of like the fucking year. I think that night is probably the best RE in the entire world. And um, Jace, I think and Nico and uh, I, think, <laughs> I think Jace is arguably scout. I think Nico is up there. I think his Annie is incredibly good. I think he has yeah, he's an incredibly good player. The I think he is the best in the world, personally. But Wait, oh, he's not I think, he's oh, not scouts, the again, this is the thing. Like there oh, are a lot of these uh, champions. Like what? There's gonna be a player above this where we'll get into this about, I'm all in whatever. Wait, yeah, but, you go, at, at, at this point, the thing the thing is when we get to top five is not necessarily about what the flaws of a player are. It's actually comparing strengths and stuff like that, which is why like I'm not I'm not gonna undermine Knight too much. Knight is a fucking good player. I just think there are some really good players this world, and like the top four for me was all incredibly close. Actually, before we came on this show, I had Knight at number three and Kanavi at number four, and I decided to switch them around because I remembered a couple of games where I was I was looking very questionably at Knight and saying, actually, you know, there, you were in a position to carry this game and you didn't. Kanavi, I don't think necessarily had, and the players above this didn't necessarily have those same kind of flaws. Um, even then, it's like a micro thing. Knight is one of the very best carries in the world. I think at MSI, he absolutely showed that as well. I think sometimes throughout summer playoffs, he did have some exposed moments where I think he was quite disrespectful in his laning phase. He got put behind early and he couldn't bail out in the same way that he had done at other points in the year. End of the day, end of the day this guy is incredibly good. It's just I think there are three better players just about than him, um, uh, than him this world. All right. I have Knight at number one. Uh, I think that he is well done, I, I think he is the highest ceiling of any player in the world i think that as i said like how i differentiate from players like him and chovy for example is that i believe chovy in like if you had 10 categories he's like nine out of 10 in all of them probably or you know close to um with a couple of weaknesses maybe i think that knight is a more extreme player who has a more extreme impact on his team and yeah jdg is a better spot to be in than gen g or some other teams where if Knight does dip into his weaknesses, he's maybe doesn't get exposed over the course of a series as a Chovy might if Chovy has an off series. So I take that into consideration, but I do think that things like world championships are won by the best players in the world performing at the highest level in the world. And I think that Knight for me, again, and this is how I would best frame this because a lot of my list is weighted towards what I'm projecting is going to happen from an individual perspective. And I think most likely we will leave this world championships all saying that Knight was the MVP of worlds. That's why he's my number one. I think he will have the biggest impact over the nah. most games and he will Real be so strong. And he'll be the reason why JDG essentially he'll be like the primary reason why we're saying that JDG won worlds. That is why he is my I... number one pick. And also the last thing I would just say very quickly is he has shown already internationally that he is the fucking man at big international tournaments. So that the, I have no questions about him. And he's a menace in the draft. He's an absolute menace in the draft. Yeah, there are certain very, things very you have to, ba like, again, it, and it changes based on the team he's playing and, and the compositions that are already locked in. There, at any moment in the draft, 
there are one or two champions in lots of different spots where you have to ban them or you will auto lose the game. And I think there are very few players in the world you can say that of um, on a consistent basis. And Knight is definitely one. So yeah, Knight for me, number one. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually, so because it's like the only way you get to control Knight is having another mid laner that contests all the same picks. And then that means you don't have to ban out some of them. That's the only reason why it got close in, in, in LPL is because Scout is an also an incredibly good fucking player. And it meant that actually that the 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 Jaces, the Nikos, the Tristanas were all contested at the same time. Um, I think it is very hard to pin down Knight to a point where like he is useless. He is just such a good player. Like he is always gonna find a way to impact the game. I, I think, like I said, there are a couple of duff moments in the end of players which just knock him down a little bit below the competition, but it's like a couple of percentage between the top four for me. So I think role and what role you play is what matters. So, like, for example, if Ruler wants to get all the credit for playing mid lane, just role swap, mate. Until that you do that, I will... We, we talk about... There's a reason we don't have, like, a bunch of supports on this list. Because by role metric, it's so much harder for supports to be on here. Same for jungle. Like, for you guys, maybe it's, like, it's like arguably for, like, top lane. Like, if we were to do, like, a European, like, list, it's so much harder for European top laners to get onto, like, certain, like, lists because of the way that Europe plays, like, top lane, you know what I mean? Um, it's a more supportive, facilitative, like, role. So, like, I, I have knight, uh, knight number two, um, behind only, like, uh, Chove. Uh, knight has actually got, like, more weaknesses than I think a lot of people... So, like, Rich talks about, like, the levels of, like, Chove, like, being 9s and 10s. I think Chove generally is a bunch of 9s and 10s. However, when I watch Knight play, like, Tristana, like, the double ADC comp, at an elite level, it's, like, a 5. I'm not joking. He had some oh, yeah. pretty bad moments, actually, he, yeah. No, that, that, that's where they lost to IG, by the way. Knight actively does not understand double ADC comps. Knight is constantly looking to make a play, like, jump in and, like, are someone, mm. or, like, bait people and reposition and all that. Where actually all it is is you and Chobi, you and Ruler just sit in the back line of turret and just DPS the team down. And it's a DPS race. You have two ADCs, you win the DPS race, right? But, like, Knight fundamentally doesn't understand that. Now, you can say, like, oh, Chovy doesn't understand, like, engage. It's like, well, he does. Like, Chovy started picking Annie a lot more in summer. Chovy's engage pool got so much better. But it is the way in which, like, when GDG is losing games, or go this is in, like, spring and summer, Ruler is amazing. But it is Knight that actively, like, goes out and does, like, the heroic, like, individual plays. The three-man Annie stuns. The three-man over-the-wall Nico stun to, like, win the game. If you go watch, right, okay, it scouts Jace in game five. If he lands some of those shot blasts, okay, onto key targets, LNG wins the game. Now, go look at Knight's uh, would they call it a uh, uh, Jace game? He lands all the key shot blasts. Now that some of that's outside of scout, scout's control. It's actually not as easy as skill shot to land against top tier players. But it's the regularity of which, when given an execution, how often Knight under pressure does execute is why it's so fantastic. And the only reason he is below Chove is Chove executes at that high level by himself. Where like I believe. Uh, Knight has like a couple of other people who do way too like some of Ruler's summer like summer spell and team fighting is is at a level that like Viper LPL Spring when he won Worlds 
his spring was probably his like best period. It's like one of those peaks. It's like a peak of a player at ADC where the mechanics and the discipline and how often and regularly he correct uses all his resources in the correct order is unbelievable. And sometimes Ruler does bail out team fight situations because of that. And like Knight is just like not a passenger, but doesn't have to like you know reach out and do anything like amazing because the enemy team engages onto Ruler. 369 and Kanavi peel him and he, it's just the ruler show for a couple of minutes. And so that's why I, I take a little bit away from that because they share it way by committee and yeah, they are like the best team in the world. The other thing is, it's like, uh, it, you, they don't utilise it but, but because you just don't actively do it. Like Knight and Kanavi are a little bit out of sync with like each other. They're not the Which most Which is why they're jungle. higher individually for me mm -hmm. even though I think actually they are behind Scout and Tarzan as a 2v2. Yeah, like, I, I can see that, but I actually take that as a thing against, like, Knight. Like, Knight hasn't always been, like, the most connected person with these junglers. No, which is um, why he's number four for me, not higher up. And so, I think, and also, like, Knight is also the victim to some of, like, Holmes, like, drafting tactics. Uh, Home will often, like, just let, for example, upper bracket, game four. It's a like, uh, round four, LNG, they let Scout play, uh... Let's go play LeBlanc, right? And what I don't know why they did this, but basically, uh, he goes top side of the Baron Pit and he solo carries the game side laning. He is the most annoying player on planet Earth and it's impossible. Scout does not get LeBlanc, it's permanently banned against him until game four again in the final. And he does it night Annie until LeBlanc's Scout. Why are you giving Scout LeBlanc? Period. That's like saying, ah, uh, and like night, you're going to get to play like all your picks. But obviously that like wasn't the case. Like, uh, so the funny like, thing about that in the finals actually, because that's the game where you know I was talking about like three six nine side laning into Scout. Actually, like that game was going pretty well in regards to controlling Scout's LeBlanc. If this was game two of the finals, Knight just goes like zero two. and five because uh, game two, yeah, yeah, because they is Knight um, on Annie. Uh, Knight's on and Knight's on Annie, which I yeah. do think it, on, individually he's great on and three six nine does a. Um, I, I I think that was fine in that game because you ha it's a way to lock down the LeBlanc. I actually think it was mainly on Knight getting a little bit, again, disconnected and getting shut down early. 369 actually ends up controlling LeBlanc really well in side lanes and stopping him having as much impact on the game as we expect LeBlanc to because she didn't get to like, get the side lane control then into the flanks and stuff like that. Fair enough. Uh, and what was the other thing? The other thing I would give kudos to Knight is Knight is now arguably the best or the second best player in the world on a completely different set of picks that are not the ones that he was previously the best player in the world of. There's no Silas, no Corke, um, uh, what do you call it, like, he plays Syndra but it's not main meta, Oriana's not picked as much, Akali's not, like, as common we'll as it used to be. World, I, I mean, Oriana and Syndra are yeah. massively matter. Aye, right, what I'm saying well. is, we'll is he, he, he's already second on my list and first on Rich, and we're not, like, a bunch of his, like, best picks, like, Victor isn't even, like, being played, like, a bunch of the picks... Funnily enough, defined... the game of that earlier today as well. Yeah. <laughs> Like or, or like for example, like Talia is growing in like power. A bunch of the things that like define modern night aren't the things that like define them as the great player of like the past periods. And if you give them those as well, no one can stand up tonight. That and at worlds, like I don't know if you add like Oriana, Silas, and all that. I don't know what players like scouts start doing because in this current meta, they're like miniature versions of night. Because on like Azir, LeBlanc, the like Jace, these picks, they look like the, this generation's like great players. You start adding like other light packs, no one's got the depth that Knight has. No one can go far as far down the tree as he can. So 
Right. That's like the only reason I've gotten this two is that. So, uh, who did you have at four, Kira? Are we on, are we on four? I think yeah, so. Yeah, because I talked about your... Night being at four for me, which sparked yeah. this whole conversation. I've got Ruler. So, uh, Ruler is the best non... Yeah, because Ruler is the best non-mid. Um, I think if you have elite mids, and they are, like, elite, the ADCs can only be... ADC players can only be as high as they are, like, as good, good mid players. And you have to be really good. So, he's only behind, like... The MVP of the whole LPL scout, the best, the best Chinese mid laner, and arguably like the best player on his team, and like Knight, and the LCK like borderline MVP. I know it was Lahens, but like Finals MVP and Jovi, and they all play mid lane, and it's genuinely just mid lane in League of Legends is so important. It is the best role, and when you are elite at mid lane, your impact on the game is like no other role. Uh, Ruler is the probably one of the best ADCs ever. He's probably had one of the best ADCs of any ADC year. What we've done, for example, when we talked about season eight, RNG, you know, Uzi was the best player on the best team, but Rookie was probably the best player across the aggregate of the year. He just didn't get the MSI and the final results. But Xiaohu at no point, you know what I mean, was like an elite level player in those particular years. He was a much very different player of Xiaohu. He's playing like Sion mid and stuff like that. And so when I think you have like elite mids, like, ADCs as good as they are. Like, for example, ADC literally has like someone in his lane, like getting him like through the game, coordinating with him in the game, like helping him like get through like like the game. I've always held and contested that mid lane is like the highest skilled role, it's the highest skill expressive role, and so when you have like great players in it, like for example, there are fights that happen at um really common in JDG. There are fights that happen at Herald that that a ruler has no even any prudence to go to. Like, the GDG don't even ask him to even be there for, and he's allowed to just sit and hit turret, and sometimes GDG will win that fight 4v5, and, like, Knight will be have, like, a triple kill or something. And, like, they're, because they're such a ridiculous team, it's, um, what I'm not trying to do is take away from ruler. I, I really do think he is the best. It's, it's the best like the Bjergsen doublelift MVP thing, where, like, actually, how good are each other because they're enabling each other? It's like, we've gone over this thing yes. in terms of, like, enabling each other's playstyles. It's like, when you have really good players on your team, how much, how much can you actually separate the individual performance away from the facilitation of other truly right. great players on your team? And, and the only thing is, is because there are like three other all-time great mid laners right now, Ruler looks lower. Like last year, I had Viper at two, um, uh, Viper at two, because like I, when I what Viper was doing for EDG as like a as a team was like not normal. But the, you know, what I mean that that cycle. I just think there's three players right now in the world that are playing at such a level that it's like unbelievable and so that's why mm. i've got ruler there he's the best adc probably of the year yeah. and it's been what a year it's so been. you had shovy at one uh rich you had Knight. knights at one i have ruler at one um so i guess i'll talk, about, one of those. talk about this yeah i i am <laughs> one of the ruler believers because i think that the way to sum up ruler is that there is never a fight this guy can't win and very commonly he just wins it anyway even if it's in question if a fight doesn't start by ruler effectively not being able to fight he wins a fight for you I used to say that about Gala in like season eight when or season ten when he was winning um the like the RNG MSI that he had. I think that Ruler's taken that to another level. I think that Ruler's consistency is above any other AD carry in the globe. He is always a threat. It is so terrifying playing against Ruler. It, it reminds me of the first best of five that was played between BLG and JDG in spring. BLG should have won that. They had an incredible lead in game five. Yeah. Um JDG did such a good job. It was a 
because it, it was a chameleon into a jinx and like how yeah, the fuck how a jinx the hell does jinx again. play that and and effectively they meant they what they end up doing is they end up stalling the game so much the jdg even against that advantage that they get to the point where it is just one team fight that matters and in any game where just one team fight matters like ruler will win that game yeah he's and, execution and, and, master and yeah and the the only way that ruler hasn't affected games is when you have hyper snowball bot lanes with like uh, a Phalios blitzcrank or something like that which will flip the game at level one level two and occasionally that works out that's actually how um, um anyone's legend took a game off of them in regular season in summer and a couple of other teams did similar things now regular season jdg i think they they took their foot off the accelerator a little bit to you know maintain their mental well-being whatever um as opposed to BLG, which just like powered through after post MSI, even though the, the schedule was really brought up. But I think that ruler, um, I, I just don't know how this guy continues to have this team fight terror presence, which he continues to have. And for me, that's why you put ruler on any other, uh, much in the way that um, Rich was talking about um, shit, which uh, Kanavi being like a top 10 player in any team in the world. I think ruler is a very similar kind of position. He would be the best AD carry in the world, I think, on any team right now. He's no. just that good at the Marathon Champions and at deciding team fights just off his own brawn. Yeah. I, uh, so I have ruler at two. And I think the best way I would sum it up is. I do agree somewhat with uh, Kira's point that if you have a super, 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 super elite mid laner, then unless they have some, you know, obvious flaws or something like this, which Knight to a certain extent does, then I would usually put the mid above them. I just think that Knight is so maxed out in some areas where I'd even say like 11 out of 10, you know, it is absolute strengths that I do have a preference for Knight. But I think that Ruler is probably the most flawless ad carry in history over who's who's been at the top for an extended period of time we could go way in such an important role too i think yeah. maybe you could say like prey in season six was very consistent but that wasn't the hyper carry role that we see ruler right now and I, yeah you to me you'd even have to go way back like way back like we're talking like sort of name sort of way right. season five stuff. season like, five prey on uh, Jagrama was probably yeah. like the first time that we've seen this level of like execution, give me all the resources, mm. like put a lot of the resources into me, summon our economy, mattering a lot. Because so, even yeah. even Uzi, like first of all, Uzi had uh flaws, um just inherent flaws in this game. And also Uzi had games, even at Worlds, where he was given the resources and didn't carry. Um those things that that did happen. So yeah, to me, Ruler is probably the most complete AD carry of all time. Um, I think there are no flaws in his game. That doesn't mean he's a perfect player who never makes mistakes, but I think those aspects are so limited that I feel very comfortable saying that. Uh, and yeah, I think you, you guys said the rest. I think he's the best AD carry in the world, yep. bar none. I think if you put him on any team, he is absolute world-class no matter what. Um, and yeah, he is just a constant yep. terror. And obviously that's the scariest thing about JDG is especially if you have um knight playing one of his sort of uh, patented picks like a, a heavy engage pick or something you're so terrified about where knight is and how he's going to engage and at the same time you have to think about how the fuck are you going to nuke ruler before he can do anything in this fight and tracking both those things at the same time is horrible and well, i think i think what's really you. special about that is that so jdg's overall style like i said it has an air of opportunism in terms of you misstep here and like your AD carries a little too far from your front line, they all pounce and they'll kill your front line and they find a way to snowball over the fight. The only way they can do that so consistently 
even with picks which aren't as mobile, is Ruler is always in the right position to get damage down, which I think a lot of current, even some of the top AD carries in the world, can sometimes struggle to do. Where a fight is started and the AD carry is not quite in the right position, it is very rare for Ruler to be out of position in a position to not do damage, even on picks which aren't like a Kaiser, which can immediately fly into a fight or a Zeri, similar kind of thing. And stuff like the Aphelios and, and uh, the Zyra. Do you and think like he's that. like the highest damage like cat, like ADC player? I think right now, like you put it, he is, he is the person who will do the most damage whilst also not dying. I think there are some ADC players which will. Yeah. Knight is the only person who's got a higher damage share than his ADC in all of the elite teams. And they're the team fighting team, which is the ADC realm, and he's got a lesser gold share. They also draft to a lot more skirmishy picks than him, though. I'm going to say this now. <laughs> the only reason that is the case is because so many teams fail to get through to team fights against JDG because they snowball through. Like, I mean, you, you, yeah, you guys there. did make the points yourself, Kira, which is that Rule is probably in a side lane while they're at Herald. So, yeah. you know, where's the Yeah, damage? yeah, but like, no, no, no. But like, those team fights, because the health bars are smaller, are actually a lesser damage share than later game team fights where the health bars are higher. And, like, you know, I've got yeah, a counter for everything. I do, I do think that if you snow, this is true. This is even true in solo queue, though, is that yeah. if you win a game in 20 minutes, mid lane will always have more damage than AD carry. Unless, mm. yeah, no, they will. Unless, no, unless no, there's something unless weird it's, going unless on. It's like a, unless, like, Callista no, Just so you yeah, know, like, okay, by the way, Knight having a higher um, uh, damage share, okay, than his ADC is only on his, like, only on his team, by the way. Yeah, sure. And everyone, all the, everyone, all the other teams, like, the ADC is, like, a couple also, of percentage also, points higher. Jace doesn't count. Hail to the hail Jace to doesn't the, count. Hail to the king, Jace baby. doesn't count. Fuck you, Jace doesn't count. <laughs> That's why Knight's number one, baby. That's uh, what. So I think. No, I'm... I get. Like I actually accept these arguments. I think you can very much interpret this in different ways. I think like you need you need Knight and, and Ruler in your top. Yeah, the the thing is, is GDG five. GDG. I, I would like to highlight something which is just something quite interesting here. GDG actually can't have either of them fall off and still win the tournament. I don't agree with that. You think Knight can win the tournament Mate, with Ruler I, falling off? As an example, I think that 369 can just decide to play carries if one of their hands falls no, off. No, like... no, 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 no. The team's static. Not a new dimension oh, so of the team. one thing changes. Oh, like, okay. okay yeah, as a, I, I, like I actually think, Knight I think or that Ruler one of them... Worlds, do you think they would still win it? I think that if... Okay, put it this way. It depends on the matchup. Because, okay. So what, what... Wait, what number are we at now? There are no numbers. We're beyond numbers, Nightmare. We're okay. into oh, the Jesus Shadow Christ. Realm. Because there's what? Because so I think so. I talked about Knight of Four. My Canavio is three. Now my number two is the only person which we've not talked about yet. Yeah. There's one player we haven't talked yeah. about. Right yeah, now. yeah. Which is the one thing. So if we're going back to this argument where you're saying that if one person falls off, it gets a bit icky for them. Depends on the matchup. Because if JDG have mid lane fall off, even just a little bit. Against LNG, I think Scout can carry versus them. Yeah. yeah, bloody nearly did in finals and in the up, in the upper bracket as well. Jamie so I think Scout could could genuinely, yeah. Well, even then, he bloody nearly <laughs> did as well. Uh, so for me, Scout actually comes in at number two. I put him just behind Ruler. So like my full list is like my top five is like Ruler, Scout, Kanavi, Night Chovy, um, and they're all very very close together. So like Scout, I think. Can... Yeah, he's three for Scout me as three. well. Right. Okay. Three for me. There we go. So I right, the same kind of Scout? amount then. To me, like, well, they... Scout is, I mean, two it's MVPs in the hardest league in the world. I mean, yeah, sure, like, I guess. Oh, I dumped my li my full list in chat if you want to refer to some, uh, <laughs> some of the um, uh, JDG guys probably shared votes, so, which, you know, probably did give it to Scout in that yes. sense. But I also think it highlights, obviously, how important Scout is to LNG. Um, and, 
yeah, to me, he's he just he's so good at everything. Like he's so good in side lanes. Probably the best side laning mid in the world. You could definitely yes, make a case for it. Um, obviously, very good in lane. Really good in all the meta picks. Internationally, Ooh, there is an argument for Shaohu in side lane. You know, just honorable mention Shaohu in side lanes. I think Shaohu is very inconsistent, but peak Shaohu can outdo in side lanes. But, and what? that's why I went to five games between the two of those teams actually. And there's a chance one, that Wei do weird shit. I would say uh, the one thing I would say though is like Chovy does like no Chovy. Uh, Scout does have like a thing, like a bit of like disconnect of like when LNG like actually like they're really good as a team at getting early game advantages, but when they like spread out as like a team, and this might not be Scout's like fault, they get very very disconnected, and it's like where they start getting picked off, and a lot of what holds them up together is like Scout like pressuring, but I don't know how much it is on. For example, see if it's LeBlanc. I think he's the best LeBlanc. This, yeah. That version of LeBlanc. Mm. I think he's the best player in the world at it. I yeah. think he's borderline un unbeatable unless he's given a game state that's completely unplayable. Just given a neutral game state, I don't think he can practically be beaten on the pick. Yeah. Um, which is a big thing for me to be saying. Uh, so it's like, but I don't know how deep it goes. Because like, his Jace side laning is like, good. But like for example... Once he's actually like grouped with like Jace, I don't expect, I don't think Scout executes as well as like Knight does. There was or, that one example. game in the finals which was pretty bad. Yeah. But it's not even just like the finals. I'm talking about the, like just across like the aggregates. He has like Nico, like he has like two Nico games in the finals or is it, they're like split. He has the one that he flanks from bottom dragon and the one that he flanks from top dragon. And they're just as good as Knight's Nico ults. They're three man or it's like a three and a two man, but it's his timing. Like it's just off by like. A couple of seconds. Yeah, he, only like played the he only played Nico once in the finals. He played it twice so, against top esports, which were both. No, it would have been it would have been the other GDG matchup then, the round four matchup. So it would have been Nico. There's yeah, two the, different the winners finals. Yes, he did have a Nico game there, which yeah. was. Um, I'm trying to remember if they won that one actually. Oh, actually no. But like basically, no, lost, it's just. Yeah, it's just like has like has like timings like on these like specific packs. I would concede that like. He is probably like across all the uh, the scenarios you could create a better Azir player than Knight. He picks it a lot less. Like Scout's Azir is like mythical. One thing I would like to say is, and let me tell you, what he you can play the that's... double AD as well better than yeah, Knight. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can... Yeah, he plays the Tristana. He's the best Tristana yes. in the yeah, he, yeah. yeah, he he yeah, that's one hundred percent right. Um, here let me read this. Wait, if you will look at LNG, their two v two is like the best. But really, GDG more often than not actually tend to opt into like a more of a two v one scenario where like uh, Knight is trying to pressure Scout but not die to like Scout Tarzan. That's how it like mainly works, unless like Knight's getting solo killed on like Tristana, right? But we can that's a completely different thing, right? What do you think of like, the whole thing of like Scout's laning? Because Scout's laning amongst the elite tier mid laners is probably the one thing. I would always talk about him not being as like good, but outside this year, like this year has been good, but like it does like Tarzan does have like a large presence around um, mid lane. I'll tell you why. Well, and that that's exactly key to what I'm about to say here. Scout's laning has the most planning in it compared to any other elite LPL team. Now in early game, so we've got, I'm going to go back to the Jace for this too. I think that Scout's early game Jace is the best Jace in the league because he effectively uses Shock Blast as a semi-global where Tarzan will evade onto Raptors, Wolves, or Blue Buff or something like that. He'll get push in mid lane, will Scout, and then he'll manage to get a Shock Blast, which will then be the damage, the difference maker for whatever plays being made there. Similar things with Tristana. There was a very memorable couple of games where he didn't level 
E-level 1 into hard winning range versus melee matchups. So you'd level Q. So you can get a hard trade on the first wave, but not push the wave. Stack up two waves, push in with the level 2, get a jungle mid, and then sometimes they support um, go Rome going up as well. Like, in terms of early plans in lane, Scout is second to none in the world, I think. And that's part of how LNG have played their early game. I think that Scout is pivotal, absolutely pivotal, to the way that LNG organized the map. It's between him and Tarzan. They communicate very effectively. And like I said, I think they are the best mid-jungle in the world when it comes to this. And yeah, a lot of the time it can come from these AD picks. It can come from something like Nico as well, because you can get some dominant early laning phases. Overall, though, I think that Scout is incredibly good at finding the situation he's in and getting a play made off of it somewhere, whether that's like stealing two or three jungle camps away or moving towards bot lane. Most of the time it's into the enemy jungle and occasionally it's into killing the enemy mid as well. Scout is incredible at finding his way into making a play, even if, like you said, the raw laning stats aren't necessarily where he will outvalue, you know, like a Chovy or a Knight or something like that. Yeah, I think Scout's laning is good. I just think that it's not... Uh, I think if you watch a pov of like the best one of the best three lanes that like chovy plays out or knight plays out on certain picks or whatever scout doesn't do that necessarily but he's it's not, laning is definitely not a weakness for scout i think he's a very decent laner i just don't think it's like it's not the set like i would say his side laning is better than his laning proportionally but i don't think it's a weakness by any stretch um but yeah so uh that is our top tens i guess just to do a sort of a mini recap, uh, my top 10, which is obviously the best top 10, uh, is Delight 10th, Tarzan 9, Gala 8, Bin, oh sorry, Peanut 7th, Bin 6th, Chovy 5th, Kanavi 4th, Scout 3rd, Ruler 2nd, Knight 1st. Kira, what was your list? Do you want me to start from, from 10? Yeah, from 10. So, Death. 10, Keen 9, Tarzan 8, Zeus 7, Kanavi 6, Bin 5, Ruler 4, Scout 3, Knight 2, Chovy 1. Surpri well, yeah, actually, yeah, surprisingly different lists, I think, really. What, what yeah, was I the... think we have the same brackets, right? And then a mm. couple down towards the end, which are different. But on the whole, I think I like our 6 to 10 are fairly similar and our 1 to 5 are fairly similar. And I think given how close in percentiles they are, it's quite... It, I, 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 like the, I like the discussion. I can understand a lot of the points. My list was... Gala at 10, missing at 9, Bin at 8, 369 at 7th, that's a hard one to say, Peanut at 6th, Chovy at 5th, Knight at 4th, Kanavi at 3rd, Scout at 2nd, and Ruler at 1st. Right, so before I let you guys go, before I let you guys go, everyone has to pick what they think is the most egregious placement on each other's list. So, oh, that's easy, actually. So what what do you think is the worst uh, on my list, Kira? Again, Delight, Tarzan, Gala, Peanut, Bin, Chovy, Kanavi, Scout, Knight, Ruler. Which one do you have the biggest problem with? Either being on the list entirely or just the placement? Uh, Probably probably Delight. Really? Okay, interesting. Yeah. Not, not what I thought I, you were going to go for. So my honorable mention was actually Delight, Tarzan, Zeus, On, and Keen. So actually, I don't mind that. It was pretty close at the end. Hit, hit me, Nymera. What have I got so horribly say, wrong? Say, say, it, say it again. Say it so, again. Delight, Tarzan, Gala, Peanut, Bin, Chovy, Kanavi, Scout, Ruler, Knight. Ah, oh, that's the thing is that we're actually fairly similar in our ones, is the thing. Just say it. I have a great um, list and it's near flawless. It is It is pretty good. Mm. Um, I know you're not going to say it's outrageous from our I one. think. I think Bin, because I think Bin over any other top player is like, for me, I'm like, He's he was outvalued by three six nine the whole year. So for me, I think it's been, but mainly in addition in the context of 
where the hell's 369 or another top lane in the South Valley then this year? So. Okay, okay. Remind us of yours quickly, Kira. What was your 10 again? I think I know oh, I'm um, going with this already. They caught mines as Chovy One Night, Scout, Ruler Bin, Karavi Zeus, Tarzan, Keen, Deft. I would. Mm, actually there's there's multiple so there, are, there are multiple options here mm. because you've got like Chovy at one which obviously we both disagree with quite heavily I can't believe wait, do you I, have I, more I KT players I, on your left no I, I haven't no. holy I, fuck no, yeah, no, but, the, but, the, but the thing is like I, I, mean, I mean I have spent a lot of time watching LPL this year and I have been involved reviewing LCK but like there's probably going to be an inherent amount of LPL bias to that and on an individual level you know I've watched a lot of these players a lot so maybe that's on me for not catching as many KT games but even with that I think Oh, no, Keen is pretty damn good, though. I mean, of the white games I watch, I'm like, Keen is pretty fucking good. See, I'd say um, Zeus. I think Zeus is the most egregious. I think this really? is... Really? Yeah. Like I can see the oh, argument shit. for that, though. I can see, I I can can see, see the, the argument. argument I can see it. the argument for it, but my problem is I feel that... First of all, I wouldn't have Keen on the list. And then I feel like the reason that Zeus is on the list and higher than him is because their specific matchup went so towards Zeus... But I don't think Zeus's performance over the year warrant him being on any top 10 list. So for me, Zeus being at, what was he, 7th or something? Was he 7th on your list? Anyway, it, what, like, no. If he makes a list, which he wouldn't for me, he'd be have to be 10th. So I think, mm. yeah, no, Zeus at 7 for me. That's the thing is, the for one. me, like, the, the Keen and Zeus things, they're in my honorable mentions, and you've put so, them, like, in the bottom half of the list, and I'm like, can kind of get away with that. Then there's the Chovy and the Ruler thing. Wait, like, I just realized your your list. You have no one from KT or SKT, right? But you have two players from Gen G, and one of them being Peanut. Who the Peanut's really good. Who the oh. hell would Who the hell would I have from fucking T1, man? Like if I'm exactly. if, I, if I'm not of having Zeus, which I'm not, but like yeah, that, who the hell I am think, I having from T1? I can't believe I'm I'm living in a world where Peanut's a better individual player than Zeus in your list. I actually just realised how fucking the, mental you that You watch is. the summer players and you tell me differently. I mean, like you watch how T1 play against Genji and, and oh my god. What? Again, oh wait, to use to use your own analogy though, Kira. If I replace Zeus with one of a plethora of top laners, how much does my team drop? If I remove Peanut, they're probably not a fucking world. Yes. So, I think I think the most egregious is Chovy for you, actually, on the whole. Number one, because I'm like, actually, I think I think there's some rigidity as to his playstyle and a lack of precedent in international tournaments where, like, I, I think he could get really exposed. So for me, I, it, there's a lot of egregious mistakes on your list here, but Chovy, <laughs> I think, is the worst one. <laughs> Fair enough. I run, Nightmare, run us back again for your list okay, very quickly. Okay, so it's in chat if you want to see it on paper as well. Um, it's yeah. Gala, Gala. Oh, do you want to go top to bottom or bot to top? Oh, yeah. Take your picks. Okay, right. Ruler, Scout, Kanavi, Knight, Chovy, Peanut, 369, Bin, Missing, Gala. Right. Straight away, having an ADC is number one at when you have all these. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I'm being serious. Like, uh, come on. Like, like if you think. It, laning is ADC, right, okay? As is technical as mid laning, okay? And then you think Skunk playing, like, I put it this way, right? On all League of Legends fundamentals, what mid is responsible for is more, right? And then I even just told you, Ruler, the team fighting god, he can't even get more damage out of the team fights than he's. I have three mid laners in my top five. Then, then his sickly <laughs> fourth place Knight, man. So somehow Knight is both out damaging him, right? <laughs> Okay, my, mine's between mine's between two things. Mine, mine is having Knight fourth. I know we're splitting hairs when you get with the elites, the elites, but I feel like he should be. I feel like he has to be one or two. He's for minimum me. two. He's minimum and, two. And the other thing uh, I would say is 
missing. And the reason why I would say missing is because I don't feel like missing has been like super S tier special to warrant being on the list. And also it completes the exodia of having every <laughs> single member of JDG on the team, Ooh. which I don't really buy right, so into. So this segment was Look. sponsored by LPL Cast and Mera. <laughs> Mira, I just realized you've like unlocked all three of the cursed scrolls, right? You have an ADC at first, <laughs> the best team in the world, you have all five of their players oh, no. in the top it's ten. the first all right? pro team. Yeah, 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 and you've got Peanut on the last. No. Oh, you have literally, you have literally. I've literally done the LEC All Pro team. I've done Peanut that. on the oh list is the Dead Sea Scrolls, mate. That's base. <laughs> that's that's the uh, that's if you know, you know. It's either gonna be like it's either gonna be like the pieces of the Forbidden One, and I've actually created the godly list when they complete the Golden Road, or it is actually going to be just like some cursed abomination in the Anachronomy. Did you see what happened last year? I wasn't even here to defend myself. Rich and Turok, right? done their own list. Okay, that was okay. bad. That list was bad. Yeah. Right? That list was and, really bad. And, and, I had, and put it this way, everyone was laughing at me, right, that, like, I said that Zeka couldn't lane. I, I misspoke correctly myself, but that part gets ignored, right? I was the only, person with DR, only person with a DRX player on the list, by the way. Arguably <laughs> the best player. Well, <laughs> the thing is, like, and, and the thing is, like, you would be correct, because that team was shit, except for one patch, which was the world's patch. So I think you get, like, an honorary victory for being, like, Correct, but like by the wrong logic. Knight lo <laughs> right, Knight lo right logic, wrong, re lo wrong result. N Knight was dethroned because he lost a BO5 because Jackie Love missed flash. Yeah. Stupid Knight. Stupid, stupid Knight. <laughs> missed, missed flash. Yeah. Uh, anyway, guys, uh, we will we will leave it there. Be sure to put in the comments who has the most base list. Obviously, spoiler, it's mine. Uh, and what the most egregious slash based uh, positionings were. But uh, yeah, until next time or next year, as far as this specific show is concerned. See you later.